Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today I am again joined by Joseph George. What is up, homie? What up? What up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. It's been a, it's been a little bit, you know, been about a week since we since we sat down and discussed this topic, mm. uh, and uh, I've had a chance to tinker with the list and such with uh, newer releases and and things. Um. Mm. Top 100 comic book characters, part two. Today we're talking 75 through 51 in our rankings. Uh, last week, part one was uh, 100 through 76. We're doing four parts. Each is 25. To, to, last one will be top 25. It's nice and nice and neat, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. so very, very excited. We're kicking it off with 75 today. Um, and I've got I've got a better balance of Marvel DC, I feel like, in this episode than I did last week. Ooh. Yeah, I think... Uh, ooh. Mine's still pretty Marvel-dominated, but... Uh, I think this will be the DC episode featuring the most DC characters for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. One, two, three... Four, five, six. I have six DC characters in this one, so I guess maybe... Actually, now that I think about it, the most dense pack for me ah, in one part, actually. Yeah, I've got 11 in this episode. Because mm. thinking about how many DC I have total, and six is probably like a good chunk. A good of chunk that. of it, yeah. So, yeah. so. All yeah. right, all right, cool. So let's kick it off. You know, I'll start with my 75, and I'll stick with the Marvel realm uh, for now with Doctor Strange's uh, Wong. Mm. I love Wong, man, and... uh can't wait for him to get expanded upon a little bit more. You know, he's just been kind of around. He hasn't gotten a lot of story. He's just been the sorcerer supreme. The sorcerer supreme, my man. And uh, yeah, he's a really cool character. You know, I love I love him in the MCU. And it's interesting reading those early comic books, uh, the early Doctor Strange comics, where there is a character named Wong around, and it's like, wow, this is one of the o- it's one of the OGs in Doctor Strange's stories. You know, and mm. it's it's cool to see to have seen him brought to life. Uh, in a really entertaining and funny, funny fucking way. He is hilarious on screen a lot of the time. Uh, mm. <laughs> I think uh, he obviously has a lot of great moments in the MCU. You know, uh, uh, Shang-Chi specifically is one that immediately pops to mind whenever he's fighting in the uh, the cages up there. <laughs> but one of my one of my favorite little, like, absolutely comic booky moments, like Endgame blowing itself was uh whenever Wong went what you want what you wanted more and then Ant-Man mm. burst through as a fucking giant <laughs> it's like ah uh, yeah that that couldn't have been more end game going yeah we're going to do whatever the fuck we want you know mm. yeah i watched a uh, actually there's like this i don't know if you watch corridor but they do a lot of uh vfx breakdowns and stuff and they just did one 
where like the main Marvel guy that does, he's like, he's Bucky, he was Iron Man, he's Cap, he's like, did the stunts for like every Marvel movie starting from like Civil War and like pretty much onwards. Gotcha. And uh, he said that uh, like in Endgame, like he he's part of the whole creative process too, like up there with Kevin Feige and like John Favreau. Like he talks with them and like knows everything before the movies and stuff. Gotcha. And he said for Endgame, like what they try to do with their fights is they just every single character they have like their figures on a table, and they just have to give each character their moment, like every character their moment. And they uh, he said. Some people don't think that Marvel really sticks to the comics, but, like, you look at certain frames, and they're, like, exactly out of the comics. And they show, like, a, a just, like, literal compilation of <clears throat> frame from Endgame comic, like, strip. Frame from Endgame comic, like, just so many of them yeah. and stuff. And it was, it was cool to see that, like, like, they actually, like, are very like methodical and how they think all the fight scenes out and having to give everyone their moment. And... I love that, you know, and I think it's, I, I, I do understand gripes with a, a lack of comic accuracy, you know, but like, mm. uh, when it's in favor of newer and better stories, I'm always be, uh, frankly, maybe not better, but newer stuff. I haven't read mm. stuff. I can't go online and go, Oh, this is how this is going to end. Um, yeah. I don't know why you would want that. Uh, <laughs> like I just I just don't get the gripes with not like I I like direct adaptations you know like uh on the DC side DC side of things you know I like the long Halloween animated movie and uh, Batman Year One animated movie and stuff like that but like uh they're not like my favorite Batman movies you know like mm. they're I I true. I just I just enjoy watching them casually and like that's not what I'm here for with the MCU. You know, I'm here for I'm here for you to expand the story we've built here. And uh I I I don't think comic accuracy is strictly needed step by step. Mhm. Oh yeah. I mean, we still get all the comic book moments that we want, you know. Exactly. Like, we still get these like, comic accurate moments. Yeah. It's like I don't need more than moments, you know? Mhm. And like, come on. I don't know. Like they do it's Ever since I've been rewatching like uh, Marvel movies and stuff, like just really, I don't know, under a different lens and stuff, that like I just watch gen- like movies in now. It's just cr- like I don't know, like just the dedication they have to put into making everything line up and mm. making sure there's no plot holes and like everything like that. Like just insane how much they're balancing and like the standard that we set for Marvel is just so high. And then like you go into any other movie. You know, like, I like not like a Batman, but like Scream, for example. I saw Scream recently, and it was just like a movie that was like, it's not to the standard that like Marvel or like a Batman movie is at. It was just like a normal movie that was just entertaining to watch, and it kind of like, I don't know, it's like a whole different league. Like whenever you're going into a Marvel movie, I feel you. Yeah, I recently went and saw Uncharted in theaters Mm. with uh, with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, and. it was it was entertaining as fuck, you know, and uh, mm. I, I enjoyed it. But like, uh, you know, there is something different about the about superhero movies for me. You know, they just bring me a great deal of comfort that uh, I'm just mm. not going to get out of uh, most other movies. And if I do get that comfort out of other movies, I know it was damn good. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Speaking right. of mashing those two together and continuing the list here, yes, yeah. um, comfort a, a new comfort movie that has become a very quick comfort movie for me is Eternals, 
And uh, this is where all the Eternals for me kind of lie um, in my list. Um, they're all together for me. Mm. Um, and I started with Thena um, just because I, I, her character design and everything is super badass. But I think her character just falls to the side in this movie. It's just kind of like the, you know, her mind is lost and, and uh, whatever. Like there's cool aspects to her story. Uh, but like with, yeah, with that, it kind of pushes her character off to the side just naturally. Like just with how the story has to go. And, you know, um, it's interesting. I feel like uh, it, unless we're talking about Cersei and Icarus. Every single mm. character story fell victim to that. Like it was like a, we just have such a big story that like, it's it like because Gilgamesh and Thena's relationship and Gilgamesh mm. ultimately seeing his demise and stuff and then Thena avenging him like that's the entire arc there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mm. some emotional nuance as you're watching it and stuff, but that's the story arc. You know, like that's what happens is Thena Gil- Gilgamesh looks after Thena. Gilgamesh is killed. Thena avenges Gilgamesh. And like, uh, that's real simple, real easy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's mad entertaining, but you know, it is, it is unfortunate for the, uh, for the characters, you know, I want, I want those mm. character pieces and I feel like Thena is, uh, would have been a great subject. Uh, and mm. for me personally was more properly executed than some of the other characters in the movie. But, um, mm. yeah, I think it's just, uh. It's not like the eternal. Like I love ev- like all of them. They're all in the same place, right? Here. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, you know, they're all like one after the other. So like Thena being at the bottom of the list for Eternals isn't a bad thing. Yeah, it's pretty um, much. That's kind of how I was because they're pretty much tied. I just had to kind of throw them yeah. in an order. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely uh surprising how much I watched that movie and go back to it for being just like a three hour, you know, long movie basically. Well, but I chunk you know out what's all the crazy time now, is but... like I. I remember complaints of uh, from some people about Eternals being too long. Mm. Like it's uh, <laughs> but it's a two hour and like thirty five minute movie, and that's including credits. Mm. The Batman is oh. twenty minutes mm. longer than that, and I've seen far less complaints about its length, mm. which is really interesting. Just uh, I'd say the Batman like. It doesn't feel as long as the Eternals, though, even though it is no. longer. Yeah. Like, uh, so I mean, there is a difference, but still in the Eternals, it doesn't feel like I'm in there. Oh no, absolutely not. It's just a, it's just a really, really good and entertaining movie. It's one of the mm. only uh, Marvel movies. I keep track of every movie I watch right now. I've been uh, mm. uh, tracking it, keeping it down, numbering it. That number will not be shared. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, but Eternals is one of the only Marvel movies I've gone and rewatched this year, like watched it multiple times. I think it might be mm. the only Marvel movie I've done that with so far, besides maybe Captain Marvel. Uh, it, it is interesting what's emerging as like my comfort movies on the Marvel side, like because, uh, you know, I got I kind of go through rotations like Shang-Chi was definitely the comfort movie mm. for Marvel for like a couple months there. But like, uh, you know, I watched it a ton like very quickly. So I was like, all right, got to take a break from it. I'll revisit it soon. Uh, mm. Captain Marvel's kind of been where I've been falling lately. I don't know why. It's just been, uh, just been That's catching my eye. Movie. Oh, it's so good. That Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. Like I don't, that combo, it never gets old. Like just seeing them interact and her story. I, mean, yeah. I had a nice little, oh, okay. Sam- I had a nice little Samuel L. Jackson trilogy the other day mm. uh, for a snow day. I watched Pulp Fiction in the morning, followed it mm-hmm. up with a, uh, 
Revenge of the Sith and then finished the day Ooh. off with Captain Marvel. <laughs> wow. It was a That's such a good movie day. What a range of characters. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, 75 was Thena. I got to mm-hmm. Sam Jackson started somehow, but here we are. This is how we do things. There we go. <laughs> 10 minutes in, and we've got 75 done. Um, 74. Yes. I'm heading to the Black Panther side of the universe, and I'm going Okoye. Mm. Uh, I love me some Okoye. Uh, love, loved her in, in Black Panther specifically. That's far and away my favorite appearance from Okoye. Uh, I liked her in Infinity War, the little jokes she made. Like uh, when I, when we were opening the borders, I, I expected like the Olympics, maybe a Starbucks, uh, not mm. <laughs> riding war into our home. Mm. Um, Fair. Yeah, yeah. All it's, right. it's it's kind of funny to think of what the people in Wakanda, you know, are jealous of, of the rest of the world, you know, because it's like a utopia basically there, yeah. you know, like, what could you be jealous of? Like, what could you, what could like, you well, want I, we, we have all this, you know. but I would like to be able to participate <laughs> in the Olympics. I would like, uh, I would like a Starbucks on the corner, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I thought that, I, I love her in Black Panther though. She's, uh, mm. Uh, my favorite my favorite moment in Black Panther is when she comes face to face with Daniel Kaluuya and he asks he asks like would you really do that to me she's like for Wakanda no question mm. like i i like i'm like no damn bro she's she's not even and he, that's that's when he's like all right drops his shit <laughs> he's like all right guys surrender that's that um <laughs> when he fucking mm gets the rhino and starts running at her and Okoye just like steps in front of T'Challa and mm. the rhino stops and licks her face. That's fucking awesome. Like that's a, I, I love me some Okoye. Uh, she's had some great moments on screen and she's a super badass, super badass. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Continuing on with my Eternals. It only felt right to put Gilgamesh next to, next to Athena. Naturally, um, naturally. That's, it, it happened so, uh, the same on mine, but just a little bit ago, 79, 78, Athena, Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gilgamesh, the, the only reason he kind of beats out Athena, or the only reason he's above Athena, is uh, I, I, there's just a little bit more. I, I, like, I feel for him a little bit more, or like there's more emotional resonance with him. Um, like his, I guess, I don't know, Athena's death is, is super sad. and but I, I don't know, I feel like um, whenever Gilgamesh died, I was like, more devastated i was like no not gilgamesh you know like i don't, I don't know i was like he's just well, like he, a big teddy bear he, he, yeah he had this just softness and this wisdom mm. to him that like it was like you know what yeah like if ajak was the mother figure gilgamesh was the father figure for the eternals mm. you know like he was the one oh, yeah. that they kind of looked to and were like uh he was the level head who could provide a perspective that was very sensible you know and uh mm. yeah it and oh. he, it, it it ultimately is basically a sacrifice play when he when he sacrifices himself for Athena essentially, and that's that's an automatic resonance. And you know, it get it come in full circle whenever she goes ahead and offs Crow. Oh, I love it. And the fact that he was like, all this that we did, if we if I had to do it again, like within a heartbeat, I'd do it on any planet. Like, yeah, like no matter. And I was just like, oh my god, dude, come on. And then you have the moment where he's just like. Oh, I'm a big baby. You know, so you have, oh, you have these super, like, oh, man, I, I can't tell you how much pain I had in my heart when they told him Ajak died and he, he dropped his mm. pie. Oh, oh my 
God. That shit hurts my soul. I'm like, not the pie, bro. That's you just worked so hard on that. In a spit beer. Oh, a spit um, beer, yeah. Or spit ale ferment, or I ferment I each kernel in my spit. <laughs> Kingo's like mm. that dude knows his uh knows his way around the kitchen though. That's, I that's I, sure. I feel like I could have a good feast over at, at Gilgamesh's place. Yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh. Um, definitely the definitely the, the dad of the group. Uh, yeah, I fuck, I fucks with, I fucks with Gilgamesh for sure. Um, with that onto my seventy three, which is where I'm taking it to Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, is where I've got Zha Ling, sister to mm. Shang Chi. Um, really, really loved her character in that movie. Uh, one one of the highlights of that film for me. Whenever she pops up as being the person running the underground fight ring, at, mm. she founded it at like sixteen or seventeen or something like. Holy shit, what a badass, you know, and uh, her taking over the operations at the end of that movie and uh, her wearing her mother's robes and training in the in in Talo with the uh, with her brother alongside everyone mm. in the village. Like it was just such a great, great character. And I look forward to whatever the future is with her. Uh, there's only one thing I wish she could have got, and it was closure with her dad. Her dad just died in an interaction with Shang-Chi. And uh, <laughs> and she was yeah. just like flying by, like, oh, okay. Uh, it would have been nice to have them both there. Yeah, I but guess. you know, it, yeah. it, it it is what it is. We'll we'll see what where uh, where that story heads, and if there's something <laughs> there's something greater out there for Zhaoling down the line. I think that definitely there is. I mean, they wouldn't have showed her like taking over her father's place and like her new compound. And they gave if- us the the stamp, like the guarantee the Ten Rings will return. Like, mm. she is coming back with the Ten Rings. That's a guarantee. That's one of the things they were like, that's one we will book. We are going that route, um, mm. which I really, really fuck with. I don't know. Do you think there's a, a vowel or any uh, uh, power broker? I don't know. I couldn't get the broker part. Uh, like, connection there. I feel like, I don't know, this crime world, maybe Kingpin somewhere, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all this crime. I think that's going to, I think they're going to, I hope we're building towards like a walloping street level threat with, Mm. with the, I mean, and like not street level, you know, like, but not alien, you know what I'm saying? Like with, with Kingpin and the power broker and Shaolin, it's funny that like, if you're not alien, you're street level at this point, but like, uh, (laughs) cause I mean, the 10 rings has infiltrated governments and toppled regimes and shit. So like, it's not technically street level. I don't think. Um, <laughs> but I really hope we're coming to some sort of culmination eventually down the line with all of them forming some sort of alliance. I think, uh, I've thought Zha Ling and the power broker were a shoe in from the, from the get go. Oh, as soon as they showed her taking, taking up the mantle, I was like, there is one person she will work really, really well with, with all these resources. Uh, and I think, I think Sharon Carter has a vision for, uh, you know, the world and what she wants to do. And it's not uh, similar to Zha Ling, but I think she has similar motives. Like, it's like, a, you know, we were, they were both kind of uh, held back, betrayed. And uh, now mm. they're looking to uh, exude their power. In uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, what was the city they went to that was like, Super crime, like a Magipore. That's right. Um, like the compound, 
like for some reason gave me magic like the same vibes for some reason or like Mm. or her just like her underground crime ring and everything like it just felt like felt in the same vein you know like, I could uh, see that for sure. I, yeah, that like especially the fight rings, like that 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 felt like something straight that would have been in that city. Uh, and I I hope we're coming back to Madripoor at some point. I love that. Mm, uh, that was such a cool place. And if you yeah. if you read the comics and you know like its connection to Wolverine and stuff, like it'd be really cool if that's like our Ooh. our introduction to Wolverine. It's like a safe haven for him over the years where he can kind of retreat and he has like a whole alter ego that he puts on while he's there and is like a high roller and stuff it's really fucking cool but uh <laughs> that's uh, sick yeah i hope mad report sees a return and i think mm-hmm. Ling would be a good uh Ling and the 10 rings would be a good way to uh get that back around here but yeah Ling mm-hmm. at my 73 my 73 continuing the eternals train is uh kingo that's where i have him um and he i don't know he's just kind of hilarious he's the 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 funny one to me of of everyone oh yeah um like his whole the movies you know his, like the fact that he's just a multi-generational actor you know legend um, and, hollywood and, legend like, like I, every time that i you know think of his storyline or hear that i always think like okay if i was an eternal you know if i live forever and or whatever like what would i do on earth just to fill my time and like probably would be famous at some point you know or would try to be you have all the you have all the means to achieve that you know like Mm -hmm. if you have all the time in the world you're bound to get famous Mm. and uh i don't know he it's just his story super funny he had star wars playing in the jet uh so he's a man of culture um (laughs) absolutely but and his like power set is just super cool um it's just like energy like i don't know like what would you yeah, oh, just super sick. Um, but I don't know. He's just a little, little, little bit above Gilgamesh and Thena for me. I, uh, like I think there's just a little more to his story. The him in the Icarus moment, you know, or you know, with follow all of you them, till the end like, of the line. Or mm-hmm. but he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt any have. of you over this. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to hurt any of you over this. You know, like you guys. Obviously, there's a conflict here, but I'm not going to be a part of it. Yeah, like I can't this, fight this, you guys. This is not. I, I love you guys. I won't. Yeah, I won't kinda, fight and try to kill you over this. Mm. Like, and like, yeah. I think that's a, that was important to me that they, like Kingo was like, yo, Icarus is out of pocket for that. Uh, mm. Kind of a moment you haven't seen in Marvel of like someone just completely stepping out and being like, no, because you just expect like, oh, this is a comic book movie, superhero movie. Everyone's going to be in the fight. And, you know, everyone has to have their moment or whatever. But like his moment was just deciding not to fight. And I don't know. I thought I it's really, it. really powerful moment. And, you know, he he hears a. Uh, I forget what the line is, but the line that um, makes him remember. Icarus hears, yeah. yeah, and like which is just super cool. Like they're at that whole moment and everything unraveling. It was like I think it was like I'd follow you to the end as I always have mm. or something like that. Because uh, mm. he said the same thing to Ajax. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh man, but yeah, that's my uh, seventy-three Kinko. All right, cool, cool. And my seventy-two heading to the Guardians of the Galaxy films. This is where I've got Yandu Odanta. Uh, I fucks with Yondu, you know. He's Mary Poppins, y'all. And uh, his his death and his funeral are among the most emotionally resonant scenes in the entire MCU. Mm. Um, and you know, credit to credit to Chris Pratt a little bit here. There's there's his. I'm I'm not like a huge Chris Pratt guy. I think he's I think he's all right. 
Like mm. he does a good enough job, you know. Uh, he's just kind of the average man. You know, the thing is that, like, he's not like, he's not acting to me. He's just being Chris Pratt pretty much yeah. any time. Uh, <laughs> and anytime he's serious, it's like I don't know, mm. man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he does a really good job when Yondu gives him the the jetpack and the the breathing mm. mechanism, and he's like, uh. no. No, and he's like trying to like rip it off like that shit that tears oh. me apart every time you know like that's a that's a real fucking tough one and uh whenever uh the ravager funeral shows up and they've got all the colors flying for him man there are a few scenes in the mcu that make me cry every single time and that is a guaranteed cry if i make if i make it to the end of that movie mm. just what a amazing character design too like uh oh, fantastic. for one he's for one he's blue you know which is just sick um mm-hmm. the and just his fan. weapon the, the i don't know whist- whistles pick up on here but like j- the fact that like does he have to you know is the whistle the thing that's actually controlling it or is it is, is it in his mind does he just whistle because it makes it more badass or like is i it think, truly I think you sound? do need to whistle because it passes the <laughs> arrow on to Kraglin at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and you see him training he goes mm. it's all shaky and stuff and then he uh, accidentally sends it flying at Drax <laughs> um, mm. but yeah that scene in Guardians in uh, <laughs> 2 whenever him and Rocket are breaking out of the uh, prison with Groot or not prison but breaking out of that out of the Ravager ship with Groot mm. um, or not yeah with Baby Groot um and they're just it's rain it's literally raining men like when they're when they're walking out as he's mm. as his arrows just flying through the entire complex like holy shit what a badass scene uh i mm. absolutely loved yondu and, and guardians of the galaxy 2 is really where he hits a stride you know he's he's kind of an asshole in guardians 1 and it's He's not a he's not as big a character in one as he is two, but two he's mm. fucking awesome, and I love him in What If, you know, and uh, and What If T'Challa was Star Lord? I think that was a really strong Yondu mm. appearance. Um, like when he said, "You might be the heart of this ship, but I'm still its captain." Like, okay, spit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have Yondu in this episode, but he's uh, he's pretty uh, like higher up, you know. Cool. Pretty big gap for this episode, you know. He's he's up near the end of this episode for me, but uh, cool, cool. But yeah, oh, what a what a guy Yondu is. Um, I'm Mary Poppins, okay. y'all. <laughs> oh, that voice is so in every everything he's he in. Not have been like, your father, son, but he ain't your daddy. <laughs> oh, but uh, I'll get to I'll get to Yondu eventually. Uh, but continuing the uh, Eternals train. We got Sprite. Uh, this is where I have Sprite here. And reason she's above Kingo Gilgamesh-Thena. Um, her just conflict with being young is just, you know, that's already just like a cool arc for her. But the fact that she like just through history like showed people visions and like could ex- mm. like, you know, just told stories and stuff like that. And like basically has the reality stone built into her um is super cool and her resolution um is like that moment is insane um of her like becoming basically human you know and living 
living a normal life eventually. You know, we don't get to see it, but we just know, you know, or whatever. And I always think of like what the future of the Eternals is, if if it's going to be like a show or if, if they're like I, how they're going to revisit them or I whatever. of the mind that the Eternals are too big to maintain. Like, I think we get separate spinoffs featuring separate Eternals. Like, that's what I would hope. Like, cause it's too big to keep them all in the same story still. Like, I need to get expansions on singular characters, you know? Yeah, cause even if, even if you just take from where they ended and you continue the story, it's already so much. But they have all that time on Earth before. You know, we only got to see like little glimpses into their pasts, like uh, the most important parts, most likely, you know, that we got to see. But there's still so much that they could they could. There's so much content there if they wanted. Mm. And like. For example, like Kingo could just have like they could just like make his like a Bollywood show that's just like his reign through Bollywood, you know, just even that or they could do like um the Babylonian Empire, like they could just pick a time in history. And just, mm-hmm. like, focus on that, which would be, like, super cool. Maybe it's, like, a each episode focuses on a different time, you know, or I've, something like yeah, that. Like, my, the concept uh, that I've had for the Eternals in the past is take each character, like, make it, like, I think it's nine Eternals. Make it nine episodes. It's each character after they've separated. Each episode is centered around one character after they've separated in, uh, what was that, during the, uh. Where were they? No, where were they? The uh, th- oh, were they like when Druig, uh, Druig runs off with uh, with the. I think it was it's somewhere it's in the Amazon. In, uh, yeah. yeah, somewhere down in the Amazon. All right, I yeah. think I can't remember exactly where it was, but uh, but they had guns and stuff, so it wasn't like Aztec. No, like, no, 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 that no, I'm no, thinking no, no, no. Yeah. like old, but it could be that area. Yeah, though, like I think it might have been like an Aztec temple that they were in yeah i'm thinking that i'm thinking of the temple and i'm like i can't Mm -hmm. i i I can't comfortably place which era it would have been from but uh after after they've separated there like covering each specific eternal in a specific time period like a a Mm -hmm. formative time period on who they are when we see them again in in eternals you know um Mm -hmm. like i think it'd be cool to have uh kingo somewhere in like 18 like the early 1900s mid 1900s india doing shit like i think that's like mm. interest interesting stuff like that like uh it could be really cool and uh i don't know i, I just think there's a lot there mm. and think of uh well I, I guess we'll we'll get get to them uh, i don't want to spoil anything or yeah. talk too much but uh but yeah sprite at my 72 all right all right my 71 Heading to DC for the first time this episode. This is where I got Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, as much as the show elevated Peacemaker's character, it still wasn't nearly enough for me to go, yeah, I like Peacemaker. You know, like I, I think he's a much <laughs> better character than he was before. And, uh, I really, really enjoyed the show and stuff, but he's by no means one of my favorite comic book characters, even after that. Uh, mm. I think he's been developed in a really fascinating way, and who knows with uh with further expansion, maybe he climbs this list. I think he's only subject to go up at this point uh but he's a he's a really interesting one uh his his backstory is tragic it's funny last night i actually mm. uh 
from the hours of like midnight to 2 a.m. I turned on the Suicide Squad and listened back to our live commentary of it uh, as I watched along. And uh, I just wanted to see because it's the first time I was watching the movie since Peacemaker came out. And uh, it's 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 funny the way that they purposefully made it so that Peacemaker was not was like the only character without an emotional backstory during the movie. Hmm. Uh, he was just uh, he was ju- hmm. he was the only one that they didn't give the backstory for. Uh, and That's it's because yeah, it's he's... because he does the betrayal at the end of the movie. You had to be okay with it. You couldn't, uh, mm. you couldn't feel bad for the guy. Um, That's true. If we knew what we knew now, like, uh, I don't know. It, I guess we would still kind of hate him for what he did still, you know, like, a little, Oh yeah. Like, but, uh, but it'd be a little more like, damn, this dude's just been through it. Oh, it's know? just like, so much uh, better to, to have framed it the way they have, like, uh, to, to have framed his wanting to be better up against him having killed Rick flag. And that's like, that's what motivates him. And then, uh, that's probably what triggers even more thinking about what he thinking about what happened with his brother and stuff and all of it's coming up. Mm. All, all, But, uh, yeah, we're talking in the movie about how much we like fucking hated peacemaker. And like, he's the only one without a tragic backstory da, 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 during it. And, uh, and then we get the fucking show where it's like, Oh, he might. He's amongst the most tragic of backstories. Uh, <laughs> that Damn. was uh, that was a rough one, but uh, yeah, Peacemaker. I love him being portrayed by John Cena, and uh, I got him at my seventy-one. Oh yeah, my seventy-one. This is where Icarus um, is for me, um, and I mean he's surprised. I, I don't know if you thought he would be higher up on my Eternals list or something, but I don't know. He's kind of he's like a huge part of the movie, you know, like. Uh, very central role in it, but I don't know. Like he, 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 I don't like him as much as uh, the characters that come up above him. But I felt like he had to be. Um, he couldn't really be at the bottom just because he was the or the antagonist. You know, he made the betrayal, whatever. I still really enjoyed his character. Gotcha. Um, and just seeing Rob Stark in the MCU, you Rob know, Stark was just and Jon Snow interacting. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me that um, uh, when they introduced themselves to each other. Hi. I'm Dane. And like, uh, <laughs> like, ah, they're f- first time they're coming face to face since like the second episode of Game of Thrones, which is fucking oh. insane. They were only together for two episodes. Uh, oh, that's right. That's crazy. They don't even have that much interaction, I guess. It's that yeah. show was so fucking big that it's like, like the whole, the whole Stark family does, doesn't appear on screen together after the first episode. That is it. Um, Holy crap. And Daenerys and John don't meet till season seven. Like it's Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a big hmm. show. But uh nevertheless, yes, Icarus and his flying. Mm, ooh, they nailed they magic. nailed the zero like the effortlessness of his flying. Hmm. Like I you know, every time Superman takes off and he wants to take off at like seven hundred miles an hour, it makes sense that he charges up and jumps up, you know, or whatever and leaves a crater. But like it makes way more sense, you know, if it's if you can fly and you don't care about gravity at all, it doesn't affect you just to like float, literally levitate and just go like in in the direction you want to go. And like it's the scene that I think of every time is when they're in the woods um, fighting and he I think Gilgamesh just died, I think. And Thena's like, you have to go like you have to go save everyone else like go like I'll be yeah. fine. And then he just slowly like 
goes back, and turns then, around, and then poosh, like yeah. shoots off. And... Yeah, that's the one I think of too. That's de- that's definitely a God. It, his he was a really cool character in terms of a uh, power set and uh, on screen mm. portrayal. You know, uh, rewatching that movie, knowing what knowing what has happened. Because uh, you start that movie with Icarus, and he's already killed Ajax, um, mm. and he's like, he tells Cersei, like, I came back because of the earthquake. The deviants are news to me. It's like, uh, no, they're not. You fucking liar. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, that's uh, I, I, I had him a little bit lower than the rest of my list. I don't know if you remember, but Icarus came mm. in at ninety five, and my next Eternal wasn't until eighty two. Mm. So, uh. I uh, I definitely I definitely held him to a lower standard, and it's uh it's not because of any uh any true any true uh, uh animosity or anything, but you know he was a, he, he betrayed the squad. I fuck with a loyal friend, uh, mm-hmm. and if you're a disloyal friend, I'm a I'm a put you down the list a little bit. That's how it happens. I mean, he did get the shit beat out of him enough to be like, you know what? All right, I'm a flying to the sun now. Um, <laughs> he was like, I, Fuck, I, I was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which ah, uh, it's so it's interesting to talk about like an eternal dying because they really can. never can die uh, if all their memories are saved and everything. Like, it's an interesting like another philosophical question that Marvel's getting into is like, is death even? Does death ever exist if your consciousness is stored, you know, and like, you know, your body's no longer there, whatever, whatever you were living in, but you're like, everything that made you, you is still there. And like, it's going to be super interesting. I think like, I'm a, I don't know if Dr. Strange will, will go into the world forge or like whatever. It's just in the trailer. Like some of, some of it looked similar or like, I guess it's the multiverse. It's infinite, like yeah, uh, fractal stuff. And it's all going to look the same, but uh, I, I would just like more explanation on, on that side of things and, and see if they, I mean, I'll, I'm assuming they're, they're going to use it to bring the Eternals back that died, but yeah. uh, to see if it can be used in any other sense, or like if everyone's consciousness is stored and it's not just the Eternals or something like that. Like if every beans consciousness is stored somewhere or uh, something like that. And, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, Icarus uh, middle of the road Eternal for me. Um, yeah. I, uh, and it's interesting thinking about that. Like, I think Ajax and Gilgamesh could be brought back pretty simply and with the same personality they contained on Earth. Mm. Icarus, however, I think him flying into the sun eliminates access to his memories Ooh. of his time on Earth. Okay. So their their bodies have to be taken back to the World Forge for their memories to be, like, uploaded, you think? I, I, I mean... That's what's complicated. I was we, just kind of thinking that it was just kind of like the cloud. Like it, it's just oh, like yeah, their like, minds are always like they're. I don't know. Like it's and, just, and you, you know, like it wasn't. It wasn't physical. Like it wasn't physical. Like you couldn't. Like you weren't looking at a brain. You were looking at like neural function inside a little fucking box. So maybe it is just a. Maybe it is just like the cloud. I I don't know. I always <laughs> I always took it as like the fucking. I imagine like Arashim just like picking them up and like plugging them in and like clicking a button. And like, it's it's yeah. got like a little fucking loading bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just need more explanation on the Wi Fi is too slow. <laughs> mm. But, uh, 
I don't know. I just can't wait for any more explanation on anything eternal. So. Oh yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be immaculate. But yeah, so seventy one was Icarus for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, on to seventy. I'm back to the Guardians of the Galaxy crew here, and uh, my uh, the one I have here is Groot. Uh, I love Groot, you know, I I do love Groot, and he's got the sacrifice play, and uh, he's a cute motherfucker, um, and an emotionally How resonant can story. you really love him? Yeah, you know, you know he's got an emotionally <laughs> resonant story for mm-hmm. what he is, you know, for, for being able to say, I am Groot, sacrificing yourself for the team. Hey, we are Groot. You, you switch it up enough, and I'm there. I, I'm, I'm tearing up, and, like, I, I realize I'm a simpleton. Mm. Uh Hey, I mean, when Groot blipped and you just see Rocket, like, no, 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 no like, no. oh my god, um, Groot, oh, no. what a insane thing that we can even be attached to a character that says the same line over and over and is a tree. Um, it's pretty impeccable. <laughs> and and you, know, you know, like it's the same thing with Chewbacca, like it, like with these types of characters, where it's like it's not the character themselves; it's the dynamic that they bring to the team they're on. Like, uh, knowing they love the people around them, and the people around them love them. Like, uh, Han Solo loves Chewbacca. Like, Rocket loves Groot. Like, that's what Ooh. creates the emotional resonance. It's not exactly just Chewbacca going. It's the fact that he's roaring when Han Solo's about to get frozen. You know, like, that's that's the mm. shit that hits. Um, and Groot, you know, saving saving the team for by encapsulating them in his body and then uh, being brought back. And uh, I am Groot. <laughs> Whoa! Language! Whoa! <laughs> They're all just so instant. Like, they understand his language. Like, yeah. it's just nothing to it. Like... I don't know. That... And the fact that Thor says they taught Groot on uh, Asgard. Like <laughs> well, you yeah, could take it as, as an elective or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um <laughs> But uh hmm. yeah, Groot Groot uh, will come up for me a little not in this episode actually. Um Understandable. Under- that was my thing. I was having a conflict. It was like a, I do love Groot. Frankly, I feel like I could plug him in anywhere on this list and I'd feel okay about it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh now that I'm looking at the characters that are below him. I'm like, no way! I actually like Groot more than them. You know, it's just a. It, there's something like with those characters. Like I could truly put Chewbacca anywhere on a on a top fifty Star Wars character list, and I'd feel okay about it. You know, like but yeah. Look, I got I got a little Groot. You got a little, little Groot figurine there. on my desk. Um, he, he's always here. He's just you know having a having a grand old time. He's I got like, a, I got a Groot poster on my wall. You know, like I fucks with Groot. Hmm. Yeah, he's a but ah, I guess he's a little high for for truly where he belongs. But <laughs> I just whenever I'm making these lists and stuff, I, I like to think of like pairs that work well together. Right. And uh, his pair just fell there, um, so it was kind of like a it's just where Groot fell. I see. Um, I but see. but yeah, hmm, interesting. Uh, continuing my Eternals, um, you know, pairs again. Um, Cersei. Um, Naturally. This is where Cersei falls. And uh, the reason she's above Icarus is, uh, I don't know, she's just a better character, and uh, we're on her side, and uh, she's yeah. prime eternal now, um, which is sick. Um, and the, the whole realization that maybe she could turn living things into whatever she wanted, 
um, beforehand. It's just that she didn't try to turn it into another living thing. Um, I don't know why I never thought about that. Like she turned the deviant into a tree, which is living. So like still the same right. thing. I don't know. Maybe she, maybe she did unlock something, you know, truly or, uh, but I don't know. It'd be super interesting to, to see more, a deep dive into her character. And we're definitely going to now that she's the, prime she seems, yeah, she seems to know. be the main character amongst what they're, uh, what they're doing in that mm-hmm. side of the universe and, and how Dane she'll Whitman. tie back to Dane Whitman and mm-hmm. how she'll tie to uh Sprite. Like I'm assuming Cersei and Dane, I mean, like who knows with Arishim picking her up at the end of the fucking movie, like what the fuck's going to happen there. But, uh, when stuff returns to normalcy eventually, I hope to see Cersei and Dane kind of looking after Sprite still. Like, I think that would be awesome. Um, but, you know, with Dane mm. about to go in his whole fucking corner of the universe, too, the fuck knows when he'll free up. I mean, uh, that's the <laughs> thing with the Marvel Universe is any new characters, they're not going to be happy and chilling for a while. You know, mm. um, oh, yeah. they've got they've got some shit ahead of them. Uh, who's who's with Cersei? Who did Harishim take with? Kingo and Fastos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just three. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah, because okay. Ajax dead, Gilgamesh dead. Uh, Athena dead. Athena not dead. Athena Earth. up on the Domo with Druig that's... and Makari. Mm. Oh! Because Harry, right. Star- yeah. Harry Styles pulls up and is okay. like, hey, I know where your friend's at. Let's go get him. Mm. Um. Okay. Okay. True. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, I just can't wait for for the future of Eternals. Like they can go anywhere. Oh, it's gonna be it. so fucking good. Like, I just want like a. I think where we're at now, it's like it's already fruitful for spinoff material. Like if you just like went ahead and went, you know, Thena, Makari, Druig, and uh, Star Fox go and do shit here for a little bit. Uh. Unfortunately, you'll have to address Cersei, Kingo, and Fa- like that's the thing is they put themselves in a corner with that. They can't do anything with those characters after Eternals until they address that. What Arashim decides. Mm. Uh, so it's like, ooh, like and I think that I think comes. the only time that I think the next time we see Eternals is an Eternal sequel. Um, hmm. Hmm. Oh, and that movie's gonna be. I don't know. I feel like the second Eternals movie can be so much better because they don't have to establish everything and they can just mm-hmm. go. All gas. Um, All gas. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, but uh, Cersei, uh, getting back to her, like her, uh, like on the plane being like, I can turn a stone into air. I can turn a stone into to to sand. And, <laughs> or like, you know, just you kept going like, for a little bit. Yeah, we'll get back to you or whatever. Um but I don't know the potential for her character now being the prime eternal and everything uh, is super cool. Her realizing the truth, you know, being told from, from a Harishim and then her like just being kind of like, uh, uh, uh like, uh, like just, oh, like, can you imagine living your whole uh, life the, and then, yeah, being told the actual told most time? <laughs> what the not fuck even... do you mean by that? <laughs> don't it, and wasn't Gilgamesh the one who like got her connected to Arishim? Where yeah, he was like, yeah, he, sometimes you don't like don't. Maybe uh, you're trying too hard. Yeah, just just let it happen. Maybe maybe something. you don't have to. Maybe you don't have to speak. Sometimes you just have to listen. Mm-hmm. And you just like she like immediately gets it after his advice. <laughs> and then oh, like in dude, the theater, like fucking... just oh my god, um, sassy. 
but uh, super cool power couple. Ho- hopefully, we get more Dane and Dane and Cersei because uh, Icarus and her seem that that's over. You that know, that's done. over with. That um, seems done. Seems uh, a good book in there on their relationship. Um, <laughs> so don't don't think God, there's. Any I just more love there, to but. think about what could have been with the Eternals. Like the MCU is now at a point where, like Iron Man one, two, and three. Like, that's not exactly the most cohesive story, you know, like one after the next or anything. But I feel like Eternals was an opportunity to, like, I can't imagine what this movie would have been like if it was split into separate movies. Mm. Like, growing to appreciate Icarus as, like, a hero for, like, a couple movies, and then him being, like, Actually, I've been fucking you over the whole time. Mm. Like, that would have been a fucking crazy twist. And I feel like we're at a point in the MCU where we're not really going to get slow burns like that ever again. It's going to kind of be as soon, like, we're going to get there pretty quick with Mm. what we need to, what we need to happen. Uh, That comes back to, like, the the standard that we have set for Marvel now. Like, Mm. we're, you know, after No Way Home, people are expecting, and, and with, you know, multiverse of madness, the although cast list there, like everyone's like expecting huge drops and huge people in every movie. And, you know, uh, what's the word? A cameos, you know, from, from insane people. I'm mm. um, like, everyone's expecting all of these crazy things to happen now. Um, and we, we constantly need something, you know, to, to, to keep the Marvel itch, you know, you can't, can't have a, a Thanos burn, you know, like that long of a burn. I mean, you know, they could do that with, you know, a super big bad still, I yeah. think. And I, there d- definitely still will be some slow burns, but we, it, it seems that like they have to appease us all the time now. And uh, it's why I'm looking so forward to Moon Knight because mm-hmm. as of right now, it's appearing as though that, like the producer said, it has no connection to the prior mcu right now like in terms of storytelling like it is in the mcu people are running with that quote and going what the fuck does he mean by it and it's like no shut the fuck up it's just that there's not going to be some random fucking cameo character that pops up in moon knight Mm. it's uh and it seems like we're going to have a villain in that show that we get the whole side of the story from we're not going to have a surprise villain in the last two fucking episodes where it's like oh yeah by the way this is the person who was the problem the whole time. We'll know from the get go. We'll get their side of the story with Ethan Hawke's character. Like, I I, I think that's going to be really, really well executed in a way that like we just haven't really gotten in a Marvel show yet. Like we've gotten, it's been decent so far. You know, obviously it's been wildly entertaining, but I feel like Moon Knight's about to hit a different level in terms of critical appeal. Hmm. Yeah, I I can't uh can't wait for that. And whenever we start covering, that's going to be super. Like so much fun, and just so like do, mm-hmm. and having Oscar Isaac. Like I can't wait to see like because this is like that, a crazy performance that that he like has to like take on here. Like multiple oh, yeah, personalities and, and like mental health. Like it that's an insane role to play, and like it being in Marvel is insane. You know that they're going this dark and and being this real um, with it. And I I can't wait to see how Oscar Isaac. Uh, takes it and, and runs with it. I think he's going to kill it. And we will um, be talking Moon Knight later on in this list for me. Uh, mm. Oh. Um, yeah, he's not, not on my list uh, at all yet. 
I uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about it. Um, and like he's badass enough, and just the trailers and every this like everything that we've gotten for him that I can pretty comfortably put him on here. But every time that I'm like, I haven't seen actually what they become, I couldn't comfortably be like, yeah, I love them more than this character that I have years I get of, you. I get of, you. of experience with. No, so. yeah, I, I the only reason Moon Knight climbed my list so high is because pretty early on in my comic book reading moon knight was one of the characters i latched on to and uh um i remember i played like marvel ultimate alliance 3 on the switch and moon knight was one of the characters and i was like oh this guy's fucking badass i'm gonna go read the comic books and like uh that was kind of how i got on moon knight and i read a bunch of moon knight so i'm i'm pretty familiar with the character and i'm looking forward to it but uh yeah he'll be popping up not not this week um Hmm. yeah uh, interesting well uh moving on to Good old 69. Uh, this is nice. where I have uh, Makari. Um, and so there's only three Eternals left. Uh, she's she's my top in my top three of Eternals. And uh, I don't know, just having sign language in the MCU is cool. And like you saying that gets that you wanted to learn it. Like it's a thing that you wanted to learn. Like uh, I've re- like recently started to look into it. And like I, I just, like it's just like a, a cool thing that I think anyone should try to learn i uh, i don't get how it's not taught in school i feel like that should be required like to communicate with someone who can't speak or can't hear you know like that a lot of people a lot of people who can't hear (laughs) use sign language like yeah we're just making it completely inaccessible like not completely inaccessible but like more difficult than it needs to be like that should be a class we get taught in elementary school you know like you should be able to in it you know it's a universal language, which is like super. You, you, there's not many like universal-ish languages. Like math, that's universal. Like math is the same pretty much everywhere. And like, um, there's different sign languages there, and, and like stuff like that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, like we do have American like, sign language, and you you know immediately that someone is speaking in sign language. Like just by, like you could see from like a hundred feet away. You know, like, yeah. is the thing. You can't tell if someone's speaking German or Italian from 100 feet away. Like, I don't know. It's just such a cool concept of a language that it's like, I don't know. I think it's it's amazing. And, and having that representation in Marvel is super cool to see. She was, and, she, she was top in my list of the Eternal. She was my favorite. Um, and as a speedster, whew. like, the way they filmed and, like, didn't use slow motion with her, like, rarely ever. It was in fast motion and, like, didn't need slow motion. That like it made sense to the not border. really see her, you know, and just see how fast everything's happening around her or whatever, and not just seeing, you know, the the super Whoa. flash run or you know whatever. Yeah. Um. Like the the scene I think specifically too is whenever she's going in on Icarus yeah, and he's up against all sides, up against the you know like a rock or a cliff, and she's just coming in at every angle, <laughs> punching him deeper and deeper into there, and it's like. There was no slow motion. It was all super, like, in real time. And it's, like, it gave you the real sense, like, the real sense of speed. Um, and whenever she's, like, find the point of, of of the emergence, you know, and she's just running across the earth, you know, and, like, just making it across the ocean within, you know, a couple seconds or whatever and, like, across islands and continents or whatever. Like, it was just super cool. The giant Let's leaps see. she would take were, like, mm. like oh. that's the only time she kind of slows down and you can see her is because she's – not running she's in the air like i just thought that was i thought that shit was really fucking cool and now i'm 
we've done all this talk, and I'm gonna have to watch fucking Eternals again today. Mm-hmm. And the spinoff that they could have with her, she's been collecting all of these super cool artifacts through history. She's and got like... one of the greatest museums in the <laughs> history of human history. Oh my god! Um, so her arc is super cool, and her potential is insane. Um, and it doesn't she confirm to have her own spinoff or something like it wasn't there confirmed her and Druig or something like that. Had there was no coming? there's a the, the writers of the show of the movie were like, that's that's a top tier spinoff they would like. to. Mm, okay. um, but uh, it's not one that has been technically affirmed yet. Mm. Um, but uh, no, but oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a she good makes one. my top three for sure. I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, She was my top one. It had mm-hmm. it had to be so. Mm. Uh but with that, on to my 69. And this is where I have Eddie Brock Venom. Mm. I, I, uh, it's a, it, it might be a little low. I don't know. I, there's just something. To, everything I like about Venom is from an aesthetic point of view. Like looking at him, uh, the, the comic, comic book visuals, like seeing, seeing him drawn on the page, seeing him, uh, seeing him in full visual effects in movies and stuff like it's, it's not so much the, the story of, of Eddie Brock Venom that has resonated with me to, to this point. Uh, it's, this is purely a pick of, yeah, that character design was badass enough to elevate him to top 70 pretty much. Hmm. Um, I take that exact line of logic and push it to like way more of an extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah right. <laughs> it, it's kind of how, how I treated it. And, and Spidey villains for me are just like any Spidey villain is going to be pretty high up and, and making it um, super high. And, and he, yeah, he's not in this episode for me. Uh, he'll come a little later, but it's, it's your logic pretty much um, is the same here, here with me. So hmm, interesting. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sizable gap there, but, uh, hmm. but yeah, same logic though, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, I basically was just like, if I if I'm not fucking with this, the story is the thing that I'm really really looking for here mm. when I'm when I'm making it. the stories I have read and encountered before, um, the ones that have resonated with me on a deeper level. Um, and he just hasn't had one like that for me yet. I, I perhaps I need to read more Venom books or something. Uh, and I mm. think there's so much there's so much fruit there that 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 could be bared. Uh, like it's. It could be a really, really interesting, uh, and I like what they've done with the movies with, with, uh, Tom Hardy. Like that, mm. those are really, really fun, funny movies, you know, like I, I enjoy them thoroughly, but there's not, there's not a real emotional resonance I'm getting out of these movies. And, mm. uh, um, the no way home post credit scene. Oh, yes. Um, that's, uh, that's crucial. That's crucial. You know, leave him behind in the, how that, you know, like, uh, why that little spot just didn't go back with them, you know? I don't care about the technicalities. I just think it's cool that there's, like, a split Venom now. And it's, like, he will – is it, like, are they still connected, you know? like will, I think the writer like, of No Way Home confirmed it's a multiversal hive mind. So, like, Venom already exists. I think like, it's kind of like Venom's a universal constant. Mm. Uh, he's a symbi- – like, his symbiotic mind – is so powerful that if you are Venom and you are transported to another multiverse, you are therein the same as the other Venom. Like you are, <laughs> you are one and the same at that point. Maybe there's oh. some, like 
I don't know. I'm getting, I'm going too crazy. I was like trying to connect the World Forge and his consciousness thoughts and like some <laughs> connection there. Uh, the symbiotes are just, but, uh, uh, that's just got a, a separate plan. They've got a whole alien. planet out there. Yeah, yeah. that's their, 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 it's their own thing. But you know, they could retcon. Who knows how they're going to. Yeah, they, um, they retcon the shit out of stuff. You know, but, we can, uh, <laughs> we can see. But no, that's, that's way too, uh, that's a little too, out there. Too far. <laughs> but, uh, Arashim created Venom. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but, uh, Hmm, interesting. Yeah, Venom will come, come, uh, not this episode, but, but next for me. Cool. Um, so, cool. and pretty high up in the next episode, actually. So, yeah. Uh, my, my second, my top two eternal is Druig. Um, felt right to only put, you know, them together, Druig and Makari. Naturally, um, yes. and super, you know, like, uh, whenever they revealed that they were together and they were like, oh, is this like a thing? Oh, I don't know if I like Did this, you, you know, or, or my beautiful, beautiful um, Makari. <laughs> And, uh, but the oh, reason. No. Mm. Oh, no. I, what is this? I hate it. <laughs> the reason Drew is so high up on my list is the, the concept of his character and the, the philosophical and ethical questions he, you know, arises. Um, and he's like, the moment that they have in that temple, um, I think Druig's the biggest moment out of any of them, um, in that moment where, where I mean, he's like, I can stop all of this right now. Like, mm. This doesn't have to happen. This is this is like it really. I think him leaving and making that big of a stance like really shook up like the whole group. Like I don't think if if he does that, like I don't think everything happens the same way. Or mm-hmm. I think like people like some of the characters wouldn't have like thought that deep into it, and maybe would have just still followed um, everything and stuff like that. But uh, you know, him going off into the Amazon, just having his own community was just sick. Um, and I don't know, just the, I just, I don't know. I loved his portrayal um, and just him being the Joker like now is just insane. You know, that we have um, these crossovers uh, from, from universes and we don't have, you know, not much of the Joker from him, but Scraps. man, you know, what we've seen seems great. There are worse um, things to be, mm. but I think Druid, we'll catch that again tomorrow, mm. I think <laughs> I'm uh Man, I'm yeah, I'm itching, I'm itching to see it again. So I, I might, uh, might have. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up tomorrow. after this. We'll, uh, we'll figure, we'll figure um, something out. Um, but yeah, Druig, uh, my top two, uh, my my second Eternal. I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Yeah, and he's he's definitely a strong Eternal. You know, I uh, he does have one of the more powerful moments in the movie with him storming off there. Um, and I love, I love his relationship to Makari. Like that, that's definitely the. Definitely a highlight in that movie for me. Mm. Oh yeah, that only leaves one more eternal left for me. Oh. Bet, bet. Uh, but with that, onto my sixty-eight. This is where I have what I believe to be my first Batman villain. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, yes, yes. Scarecrow barely missed the cut in my top one hundred. Didn't quite mm. make it, but uh. This is where I have Mr. Freeze. Hmm. Um, I fucks with Mr. Freeze. You know, I've been a big Batman fan all my life. So uh, I loved the Batman animated series when I was growing up. And like, I think it's like episode four of that show is about Mr. Freeze is the antagonist. And I remember it being one that I rewatched all the time when I was, when I was a young and, you know, and, uh, I, I watched Batman and Robin, the 1997 flick with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, all the time. 
being mm. a like I just absolutely loved that and uh he's just a really interesting concept for a villain uh just because uh he's kind of tragic and he do- I don't think he uh Nora Nora, Nora you know it's yeah Nora. it's all oh backstory super sad oh um, yeah he's a he's a devastate he's kind of a devastating character um it's a- amazing how close we have um these it's only a a three gap there's only three people um in between um our mr freezes so that's, that's right, pretty nice. cool nice uh yeah I, I i've liked this character for a really long time i love the uh like this man will just you know fucking freeze you I, there's another there's another animated movie that i watched all the time yes batman and mr freeze sub-zero mm. i had it on mm. dvd when i was younger and i absolutely fucking loved it um, after, uh, after the, the Batman, uh, big movie, Robert Pattinson's Batman movie yeah. came out and I started to like go on HBO max and look at just some other Batman stuff to watch that wasn't, uh, Christian Bale's trilogy. I realized how much of Batman that I watched and didn't real like, didn't really realize how much Batman I watched oh, um, whenever I was looking through all the titles. A lot. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I didn't like realize how much Mark Hamill's Joker has been in my life. Like, oh, for, yeah. and, and how I just like kind of forgot about him a little bit for some reason, like after Heath Ledger was Joker and like, um, yeah, I'd say Mark Hamill's my two. Like, yeah. In terms of Joker portrayals, like that's mm. it's Heath Ledger and then it's Mark Hamill. Like yeah. that's, uh, mm. but, uh, I, yeah, after, uh, going through all those, every all the batman that i that i have uh seen and stuff I, it makes me feel more comfortable that like these villains and and batman people like are, are making these lists uh or making oh, these yeah. lists because i think like uh here i'm a count real quick one two three four five six seven eight nine ten oh i have eleven more batman centric characters and i think i have less than 20 dc characters remaining <laughs> so like like it's the batman side of the universe is far and away my favorite side of the universe and like that might even be i think i have 16 16 dc characters left and 11 of them are batman related three four five six i just have six more batman um Six more left, but of my DC chunk, it is mostly Batman. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> villains or or uh, other characters. So I'm uh, I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, I'll get to I'll get to Mister Freeze shortly. Um, yeah, shortly yeah. here. So, but uh, sixty seven then. Mm-hmm. Sixty seven. My top Eternal is Fastos, um, a Brainiac character, literally like the Engineer. Um, of the group, just the concept of him, how he like introduces little bits of technology at a time is super cool. And the whole, um, Hiroshima side of the, the storyline, um, where he feels responsible for this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and everything. And, and, uh, really not realizing why that scene was in there. But then after the Hiroshima moment or takes him away, he's like probably going to look back on it and, and be like, yeah, no, nah, these humans don't deserve it or whatever. Yeah, like, he that's literally that says these people, they're not worth saving. Yeah. Um, so like ha- having that not like and seeing that that's probably where they're going to go with it. Um, and, you know, and, and a lot of people um, 
like are still kind of confused or maybe it is up in the air of like when he really stopped introducing technology to people but uh like it seems that it, it was I, long long before that's my the, thing uh, i don't understand how you can watch it and go oh yeah he was actively doing stuff into the yeah. 1900s during war like no he advanced them to a point and let he, he was the clockwinder. He, he he spun it back and let them go in terms of technological advancement. Mm. Uh, he got them to a certain point and they went and did all the terrible, terrible shit that went and came of it later on. Now, and I, I just I feels like a lack of media literacy to go him saying he feels responsible. Is not the same as blaming him for it. Mm. Like, yeah, it's it's really not. Like, it's not Marvel mm. saying they're saying it's Fastos's fault. No, Fastos is a per, is a person with feelings, and when you mm. do something that sets someone on a path that ends in millions of deaths, hey, you didn't you didn't create the thing, but man, you're gonna feel bad that the path was started. You know, like it's not mm. like a it's not a blame thing. It's just a it's just a, a person. It's a personal level of like, mm. I, I I don't know. It just feels it just feels wrong to 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 perceive it as them blaming him for it. Oh yeah, but uh, I don't know his like whenever he's up in the ship and like just making like tinkering like the little hand motions that he makes. Oh, um, yeah. just super cool and like the all that technology and stuff and how he just he's just a tinkerer you know like that that's what he does he stays on he doesn't really go out much um and oh his whole, like um earth storyline like when he's just settling down with his family mm. um and like that whole storyline is amazing he's like you know i got a family now i got something that matters to me you know like i found something that, that truly matters These humans like they're worth it you know um was super cool to see and that representation there in Marvel. Like another thing that Eternals just did really well on oh, uh, yes. was representation. And uh, I just, Fastos, like um, being the brainiac and being, I don't know, like he just fits like, he, he run, like right in my alley for, uh, oh, for yeah. a comic book character. And uh, he, he's just one that I latched on to uh, during, like from first watch, I knew like, ah, this is my dude. The moment with Icarus when he just whips him down, you know, like oh, I've been super- waiting a long time to clip your wing. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't know. I I love Fastos and every every moment that he's in the movie, I uh, I oh, enjoy. Yeah. So he's a, a strong, strong character, and Brian Tyree Henry is a fucking fantastic actor. So uh, it's a good choice. Good choice. Um, There's a finishes out my Eternals. Hell yeah, myself. hell yeah. With that, onto my twenty-seven. Where I'll stick with you in the Marvel realm. Um. This is where I have Carly Morgenthau, the Flag Smasher. Um, I loved Aaron Kellyman in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, I thought that was a really good example of a nuanced character who, uh, uh, I mean, was obviously extremist in her in her uh, methods, uh, and I thought their treatment of uh, you know revolutionaries in that series was uh, rough, but. Uh, mm she was definitely a strong, strong character. And, uh, I, mm. I could not stand that they killed her off. That's like my one gripe with the entire show. I've talked about it many, many times. Um, mm. and mostly just because I can't, I can't fathom having your hands on a talent like Aaron Kellyman and killing her off. Like beyond just a character storytelling perspective of like killing a revolutionary who's trying to unite the world. Hmm. 
And the fact that she's like a villain or antagonist, you know, at like at the and beginning, the, like, but then like Buc- re- Bucky and John Walker team up at the end of the movie to try and fight. Like, I don't know, man. Like it was just, it's just a weird tone to take uh, towards the end of the, towards the end of the series. And I was like, all right. I thought they, they kind of save it with, with Anthony Mackie's speech being like, she did mm. all this. And y'all like, and ultimately, you know, she was, she was sadly a sacrificial lamb. Like, you know, like the, that, uh, Isaiah Bradley, I think, and Sam Wilson afterwards talk about like how, well, it looks like your speech did something. They, they decided to stop their plans going forward. And mm. like, uh, you know, like at least, at least that came of it. But like, uh, man, uh, I don't know. It was just a rough, it was a rough way to handle it. And, uh, I do, I do appreciate Sam by the end getting it, like getting mm. her and like, uh, and they're also kind of saved by the fact that it's Sharon who does it. It's not, an agent mm. of the state. It's someone trying to hide their identity. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I can get, I can get with that a little more. It's just, ah, it just kind of sucks. I wish, I wish we still had Aaron Kellyman in the MCU. She just, I don't know that, that role. She, she fits that revolutionary role just well, you know, star Wars Ooh, and yes. Marvel. Yeah. Um, and just, just really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, her, her character was amazing and it's just, a another way like another antagonist that you don't really see as an antagonist um mm. at all and in, like you, you feel for them and that's you know a lot of i don't know i like that that's marvel just it seems to to be going in that direction like even yeah. like thanos like at the most extreme level he's you know definitely the villain definitely the antagonist you know that but you can see where he's coming from and it's this weird sense of like empathy for mm for such a, a crazy villain who wants to kill so many people or whatever. But with this character, it's completely different. It's like, it's the antagonist, but you don't feel as if they're the antagonist after you learn like uh, what she's yeah. truly doing and, and all the good she's doing and stuff like that. So um, ah, I just, uh, I'm sad that she, I, she didn't make my list, um, but definitely one that, that should have. Um, and I've, I've on, on the bottom of my list, I've been keeping track of the ones that I, yeah, that I, I missed gone. and, and uh, she was one of them, but uh, I'm glad glad you you put her on here. I, knew, I had to figured had you would loved yeah. loved that character. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, 66 uh, for me going DC here. Uh, this is where I have Aquaman. <sighs> um, and uh, I think he might. Let's see. Um, oh wait a minute. I have Mister Freeze on here twice. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> yeah, I already said Mister Freeze at 91. That's interesting. He's, um, sorry, I'm all, uh, <laughs> any Aquaman, get back on to, to Aquaman here. But, uh, you know, just see, just, I, all the, every time I see like an actor or whatever as like a superhero, I always just think of like what else they've been. And like, I see just call Drogo, like, um, no matter what, like whenever I yeah. see Aquaman and it's just like, just this badass. um, he just looked like immediately fills this, you look at him in real life and you're like, yeah, that dude's probably a superhero or something like, uh, he just, he's got to have something um, else going on mm. on a level that I just can't achieve. And um, I, th- I think the Aquaman movie like is kind like really underrated. I think it's like really I'm good. And not a lot of people yeah. percent with you that no. I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was like, 
why didn't expect that out of not watched this movie Mm. like i didn't watch it for like two or three years after it had been out like i didn't watch it till it was on hbo max and it came Mm -hmm. out like two years before hbo max existed so like uh i think that's just the thing with aquaman just in general he's always like the the lamest of you know he's like he's seen as like the lamest guy whatever but like, like and I also grew up on the Justice League animated series too, and he's not a part of that Justice League lineup, you know. So like I, I grew up on Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Martian Manhunter, Hot Girl, like stuff like that. Not and Aquaman was barely around. Because uh, how much can he really, you know? We got to be around water. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so it's kind of like a just a very hard character to balance with. Um, with everyone else but i don't know that that movie and his portrayal was uh was was really good and super underrated i think i'm gonna have to give that a rewatch because it's been a while since i have watched it but i remember it being a movie that that really surprised me and uh maybe it is just because the the standards for aquaman are just kind of a little lower well, the visual um, effects are incredible it's a very visually stimulating movie incredibly well acted with jason momoa and yaya abdul mateen across from him as black manta i thought he was awesome um yeah it's a good one in universe to a fuck the fish uh, yes yes yeah, <laughs> um and then do, do you see in real life that he was asked like on the red carpet he was like so what species of fish was it and uh and he just walked off he's like ah like he just immediately got it and walked off and then he came back and he's like, I can't believe you asked me that, man. Or something like that, like uh which which is just hilarious that That is funny. That's no. Part of his character now. Um <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. No, but uh yeah, he'll be popping up later this episode for me, just uh, just a little bit up the road. But uh yeah, it and it's Jason Momo it's Jason Momoa, man. Like it's just like I, lo- I love that guy. So I'm a I'm a mm. I'm a rides for my man's Jason Momoa. Step stepfather to uh Zoe Kravitz Catwoman. Fun fact. Married, married to his, married to her mom, Lisa wow. Benet. Wow, yeah. what a connection there! Um, yes, hmm. very, very interesting. Uh, they got a, they got a real interesting family dynamic over there going on. It's, 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 it's one of the more fascinating celebrity things to keep up with. Just because I'm always like, I can't believe this family exists. It's like, it's like Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Benet had a daughter, and it was Zoe Kravitz. And those are two of the most beautiful people i've ever seen in my life they separated jason momoa another one of the most beautiful people i've ever seen in my life married lisa benet jason momoa and lenny kravitz are like homies like they're like really cool with each other like Damn. i don't know it's like real it's, it's a real fascinating one but uh yeah yeah i'll get more to aquaman here in a little bit but uh my 66 i'm gonna stick with you in the dc realm this is where i've got cyborg and this is uh wow that's another one that's just really close um oh no shit yeah, he's a uh, he, he's yeah. Hmm. I, I was probably just on like I was on a DC kick. Like whenever I get like start to mention DC characters, they kind of a lot fall in together. I feel you. Um. And uh, hmm. Interesting. But sorry. Yeah. No. I I loved Cyborg and uh and specifically Zack Snyder's Justice League. I thought he got the fucking shaft in the original Joss Whedon mm-hmm. one. And uh, Ray Fisher has frankly deserved better from Warner Brothers on the whole. Uh, after after their treatment of him on on throughout this whole this whole fucking saga as with him as cyborg uh like uh such an incredible arc in Zack Snyder's Justice League uh him being pretty much the 
pivot point for that story. You know, like I think uh, Batman and Superman, Batman resurrecting Superman's one side of the story, but the other side is that like Cyborg and Flash are going to save the day, not Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Like, I think that's just so fucking cool. Uh, I love, I love the underdogs being the ones who, who get the win for the team, you know? And, uh, he was a really strong character and, uh, I've, li- I've liked him in Doom Patrol. I've liked him in, uh, the, you know, Teen Titans. I was just Teen about Titans to say cartoons. that not a lot of people think about the Teen Titans portrayal. And like, that was like, that's top tier. I watched that show all the time. And like, I love those characters and mm. Cyborg, like Cyborg and Beast Boy, like them two are homies. Like th- their relationship is awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I Cyborg, uh, the, I guess, you know, I have him coming up here, so I guess I'll save a little bit. Um, but just like his character design, like the new look for Cyborg is just, oh my God. No, the way like he that. looked in Zack Snyder's Justice oh, League was crazy. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, kind of sad to to not see him pop up with uh, all the other Justice League members and Peacemaker. No. Um, I was kind of expecting, you know, I was kind of like, that That was my thought after I saw that. I was like, oh, well, where was Cyborg? You know, like... Uh, that's kind of yeah, uh, the the whole fucking Warner Brothers has just treated Ray Fisher yeah. like shit. Yeah, uh, they they like refuse to admit that they that he's faced racism within mm. the company, and they refuse to acknowledge it or apologize, and uh, mm. therefore they just completely separate themselves from him, which is just like oh, that's pretty indicative of the entire fucking issue. Um. But yeah, so that's where I got Cyborg uh, here at 66. Uh, very strong character, and I, I wish we could be seeing him more, but I don't know that we will anytime soon, which sucks. Damn. Um, hmm. Well, uh, continuing on, my 65, this is where I have Hawkeye. And uh, without the show, uh, Hawkeye is not this high up. Um, but, you know, he does have his fair share of moments outside of the show. But the show really elevated his character for me and brought him back to a place where I think we can sort of respect him and, uh, you know, what he's done for Kate Bishop and, and passing the torch and, you know, everything there uh, is just super cool. Um, the show surprised me so much. I, I was going in thinking, like, this is just some supplementary Marvel content that I'm just going to watch because it's, it's Marvel. It was really strong, though. Mm-hmm. It was really strong. And uh, he fell down lower on my list. I think I had him in the 90s somewhere. But mm-hmm. uh, he is one of the original Avengers, you know? Like, he's no, yeah. Like, it, it's, a, it's, yeah. It's insane <laughs> that he's one of the original Avengers. I've watched, yeah. I watched him in theaters when I was 12. <laughs> I, uh, like, I saw all this shit over the years, and I... And it wasn't until Hawkeye that his character, like the series, <laughs> elevated his character to be 90s in my top 100. Um, yeah. mm. And it's far and away sad. the best Hawkeye content we've ever gotten. And it is the most emotionally resonant, and he's uh, he's the most sympathetic in it, for sure. Um, mm. They address everything you want them to address in that show. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, which is crucial. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, hopefully he's just like going to be the guy in the chair, you know, for the new Avengers. Like, I, I think he's, he's going to like stick around, but he's not going to be, he's not going to fight anymore. He can't be I, doing the physical shit too much longer, man. This, I his think body's going to fucking break. Yeah. This Christmas, like he realized he's like, all right, what's actually important to me now is my family, you know, like 
I got out, this fight ended, I don't need to go back in. Like, I yeah, don't like, see I why he would the, go back yeah. in. Like, I fought the biggest battle of all time on Earth, um, you know, and my family was gone during that. They've lived. You know, I I didn't have them, but now I do. They're important to me. Mm. And, like, the his wife, you know, being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, too, um, mm. and, like, that's how, like, they found each other. Um, and just so badass to see, like, I wonder if they have, like, a room in the house, you know, that's, like, just all their tech shit in there, you know, yeah. that's, like, just, like, a, you know, beep, 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 like a, a safe room. Mm, but, uh, I don't know, can't wait to see see what they what they do with him and i'm actually excited to to get more hawkeye content which i can't believe i'd i'd be saying you know uh, no yeah yeah whatever we can get with him in the future i'm inviting now you know there was a point where i was like don't give me anything hawkeye and now i'm like you know what i'll take it uh which is it's just saying something but uh yeah it's a good one that's definitely a good one i on to my 65 i believe this will be my first uh no not my first x-men member i had a, i had a couple technically mm. in the last one with a uh, quicksilver and cable. But, uh, this is where I have nightcrawler. Oh, I like, I like me some nightcrawler. Um, and, uh, it's more, it's more from comics and more from video games that I've really grown to love nightcrawler. You know, I liked him in X2 and I liked, uh, I liked him in the, uh, the revamped, versions with a I think it was an apocalypse that he was there maybe ish mm. I think um but you know he uh and dark phoenix strong and dark phoenix too um mm. he's just a really interesting a really cool power set I love the I love the bam uh in, in comic book uh in comic books whenever he puffs it Spells out B A M F Bamf. Mm. It's one of my favorite uh, favorite little effects mm. in all of uh, in all of comics. Uh. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I have uh, my X Men. They come up in this episode, uh, so it's interesting that are like. I guess you you had have some X Men, but I, I I don't know if if they're more densely packed here or like if mm. they start here for you. But... I've got I've got a few I've got a few coming up. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, not not a big gap uh, here either. Um, with with where my Nightcrawler is, so, um, and I don't even, you know, I'm not, I'm very new to the X Men, and uh, he's already, I already like him. I already like him, like him, uh, more the than the Eternals, you know, even. So, um, oh, yeah, he's a badass. He's a it, so, super yeah. cool character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll save a little bit until I get to him. But uh, moving on to my 64, it's where I have the Ancient One. Um, oh, nice. Every, I do not have the ancient one. Every, you sure? I have it bolded. I think you, because every, every time I bold one, it's, you said it before I did. Maybe I just accidentally bolded the ancient one then. I have to guess that was an accidental bold. Mm, okay. I don't think, I don't think she appears on my list. But, uh, every time I rewatch Doctor Strange, it just climbs higher and higher for me. Um, and it's, it's like the strong, Strongest solo movie outside of Black Panther, I think. I think it's the number two solo movie now for me. Um, maybe Shang-Chi is is close to it. Um, but I don't know. Doctor Strange, every time I rewatch it, it's just like, wow. Like, this story is so insane. The visuals are mind-boggling, you know, that you're watching. Yeah. And and uh, really, um, I don't know, took the MCU in a different, different lane um, and started to get 
people more comfortable with all these time concepts and and crazy infinite whatever mere dimension crazy you know um things um and i don't know i think doctor strange is just going to be a, a huge pivotal point in marvel moving forward like a pivotal character moving forward um you know interested to see what what happens with him in his in this upcoming movie um but seems seems that he's you know i mean becoming the sorcerer supreme so going to be important for quite a while i'd assume in um, theory yes well yeah i guess well he has to if if what if like if that moment is true and she's like you have to become the sorcerer supreme that's an absolute fixed point in time if that's like truly canon then like is that true for what we're watching like uh or like is that i don't know do we accept that as truth or like I mean, she did. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Hmm. I mean, and the ancient one wouldn't have. Ah, yeah, I don't know. The ancient one wouldn't have died. You know, in her last moments, she wouldn't have like spoken all the words if, like, to him, if he wouldn't be the one becoming the Sorcerer Supreme. And like, right, right. she would have known maybe that Wong was this temporary, you know, Sorcerer Supreme, maybe, or mm. maybe her death is like, um, like she really couldn't see past, and like she had no idea what would happen, how crazy everything would get. Um, so maybe she couldn't have, couldn't have seen, uh, so shit, man, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, the ancient one's always been a really interesting character for me. I like Tilda Swinton a lot. So, uh, her in that role was, was awesome. Um, yeah, she's been, she's been really cool across a lot of Marvel content. She's just one that's never, uh, never hit for me in a way hmm. that I'm like, yeah, it's one of my faves. I think uh, one of my favorite scenes with her is, whenever Dr. Strange first gets led into the temple and he has like his first lesson uh, with her. And yeah, she like, she's like, you got to let go of everything you think, you know, and like, and like the, like, and just explaining everything like uh, in the philosophies and, and everything they follow and everything like that. Like it was just super cool uh, to see. And like, just the, you know, the, the master and the student or like, you know, the, that moment that they're, that they're having, like just the super cool um, interaction between them. And, uh, I don't know. Every time that she's on screen, it's it's always interesting and uh, always an important moment. Um, always oh, so yeah. wise, you know. Everything everything that comes out of her mouth is like poetry and like just you need to be listening. Cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my sixty four. All right, my sixty four is a uh, DC realm again. We're going to Lucius Fox. Ooh, I loved uh, Damn, loved me some. Uh, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox in the uh, in the Nolan trilogy and the Dark Knight Damn. trilogy that was so strong, uh, and a, a real and that's really the portrayal that makes elevates him to a uh, to on this list. You know, I uh, read him in comics and stuff, and he's a cool character. But like Morgan Freeman embodying Lucius Fox as this ride or die for Bruce Wayne Batman, mm. and uh, that scene in the in the Dark Knight where he was like, "Oh, you didn't get the memo." Uh, I, I oh. finally claps back at that dude. T- takes control of the company, or is that at the end of Batman Begins? It might be. I think. I don't think it's in the Dark Knight that moment. Yeah, I think it's the Batman Begins. I think it is. Yeah, at the end. What? Mm, no, it is Batman. Be- yeah, it is because he's dealing with all the uh, Dark Knight stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bruce comes back as to Wayne. Head. Yeah, Bruce comes back to Wayne Industries, and that's like the yeah the very end when he's like, um, yeah on the yeah 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 no that that's at the very end of Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, 
but oh that another uh you just hit another one that I that didn't make my list that 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 should have uh especially as Morgan Freeman and in Gotham the TV show um like Lucius in, in that one like a young Lucius Fox um mm-hmm. that's working at he he works for Gotham General like the the police academy and he's like just their go-to science guy and then ah, he uh cool. and then he be, like slowly becomes like Bruce Wayne's like private um smart guy you know guy in the lab or whatever like slowly over time which is a super cool but uh does it come in black (laughs) um oh what's the whenever uh whatever i don't know the guy that worked for wayne industries was trying to like be like you you know bruce wayne's batman it's all in the plans what what are you doing here so tell me your plan (laughs) was to you found the man you think to be batman and your plan is to blackmail this person? <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole, every line that he has before that where he's like, um, a man that fights crime and I'm, you know, and like, or whatever, like, uh, I don't know, he has like a little something before, before yeah. that that's like super. Um, a little sprawl that yeah. like portrays, you are a fucking idiot for thinking you could get away with this. And, and he's like, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'm just going to go. The line is, so let me get this straight. You think that your client, one of the wealthiest and most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands, and your plan is to blackmail this person. Good luck. Like, and it, it kind of, like, frames, uh, like, how people wouldn't see Bruce Wayne as just obviously Batman. You know, like, it frames it in a very real way, where he's like, he literally just spoke it to this person, and he was like, Oh yeah, I guess that, that that makes sense. You know, like no way Bruce Wayne could be Batman. Like, and even if he is, why am I trying to to do anything to him? Um, right. So, um, but yeah. Ah, oh, damn! I can't believe he didn't didn't make my list. But that's a. I'm, I'm glad glad he's on yours. Yeah, another member of the Bat Family there in Lucius Fox. But yeah, had had to get him in here. So that's my sixty four. Uh, my sixty three. Uh, stick in DC here. This is where Selena Kyle or uh, Catwoman uh, lies for me. And uh, I think uh, this is where the duplicate Mr. Freeze was, um, by mm. the way. And Catwoman and Selena Kyle wasn't on my list before. And this, I made this list before I saw Batman. And uh, you were like, hey, bet. I was like, yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, she should definitely make this list. Uh, previously for not, not even Zoe Kravitz, uh, portrayal, like all the previous Catwoman, uh, in animated, um, and, uh, in, Michelle and, like, Pfeiffer yeah, and so, Batman Returns and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So definitely be on the list no matter what, but, uh, definitely, um, the Batman, the new Batman movie, uh, took her up even higher and hopefully we're getting a, a, a spinoff with her. I think it only makes sense, you know, for, um, they, they're saying that there's two possible spinoffs and it just seems that it's going to be the Penguin uh and his like crime you know just like the tony soprano like the dc version of the sopranos hi um, i'm ozzy and just oh that's gonna be so i hope they do a penguin spinoff and then like her just driving off and leaving um going you know like don't you just want to you know top off or like we'll rob some hedge fund ceos or whatever and her driving off it just feels like that that's going to be the other spinoff um over in Bloodhaven. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I feel, uh, Selena Kyle, um, just such a cool character and, and being the daughter of, uh, 
of Falcone um, was super cool. And, and, you know, the, the moment where she, she's about to, you know, pull the trigger. And then like Batman's like, no, like you've, you've suffered enough. Mm. Um, this is only going to make it worse. And it's only going to put you through more pain. And, and like, ah, oh, like every moment they had, like, uh, was just so powerful. And, oh, yes. uh, and Absolutely. yeah, so a perfect, uh, I don't know, switch from Mr. Freeze back to Selena Kyle. Cause yeah, my, my, my Mr. Freeze is, is down at, at 91, uh, yeah. with other, uh, Batman villains where he belongs with Deadshot and, and Ra's al Ghul. So yeah, that's that makes right. More that's sense, right. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, Catwoman started about here on my list before I saw the Batman. Mm. Then I saw it and she climbed a little bit. Mm. Then I saw it again and she climbed a little bit more. <laughs> and I saw it a third time and I was like, okay, maybe one or two more spots. Um, and then <laughs> it's kind of like, she's just kept climbing ever since I saw, saw Zoe Kravitz as the Catwoman. So she'll be, she'll be popping up, uh, later on in this list for sure. Mm. But, uh, good, good shit. Good shit. With that, onto my 63. This is where I've got Yelena Belova. Mm. I uh, really, really love Florence Pugh's uh, reprisal of Yelena Belova and uh, loved seeing her in Hawkeye, loved her in Black Widow. Not much to say here on this character yet. I look forward to her being our future Black Widow, uh, her future with Kate Bishop, who will be popping up in just a few spots for me as well. Um, I uh, I really, really look forward to whatever she's got in store, you know, that uh, that moment in Hawkeye where she blips, she comes back and she's like, I got to find that. Like, oh, honey, you I'm don't. Sorry. Oh, oh, and that like, uh, I, I, I bawled my eyes out on that. Scene. Oh, that's like, a rough and, one. Uh, and just like the whole like, she doesn't want to trust him. You know, like she doesn't want to believe that what he's saying is true. But she sees the pain in Hawkeye, and she's like, oh my god, like, damn, like, no, you did, like, you loved her. She was like your t- like your teammate like you went through all this together and like oh my god like um it's just such a powerful moment and it's crazy how uh, a lot of these characters are are very close like everyone that you're saying right now like we're having a lot that are that are lining up very very close to each other um so i'll i guess i'll you know save it for whenever she pops up in a in like three people so <laughs> um, baller but uh but yeah moving on to my 62 is where i have cyborg um, so, um, so another, another one that, that was very close, um, you know, just the design of him and, uh, and just his new look, uh, live action is just so sick. Um, but like really one of my favorite portrayals is the Teen Titans, um, like version of him. Like it, I have the Teen Titans video game on GameCube. Um, mm. and I always played as him because, um, he just had like the the best like abilities, and he was like just he was got like, OP in the game. I don't know, he's he just had a lot of good uh good weapons on him. So I I always played as him in there, which is just super fun. Um, but then in in like the animated shows, like he was always hilarious. Him and Beast Boy, um, were were awesome. And uh and yeah, the fact that that he's the one um at the end in live action pulling apart the you know the the cubes and like he's the one doing it instead of and superman and everything like uh oh my god uh was so cool and uh you know hopefully i don't know hopefully they just square away whatever you know they got going on over there at warner brothers um yeah. and and take advantage of this of this character because um i don't know of what we've gotten it's been been really good 
It's been really, um, really good. So. I I look forward to anything we might get with Cyborg, and he's got some good comic books under under his belt for sure. Uh, I can't recommend Doom Patrol enough. That's like a really underrated series on HBO Max. Hmm. Um, really, really fun out there DC content uh, to be sure, uh, and like out there, like far, far out there. Hmm. Um, and Cyborg is a big part of that series, but uh. All right, yeah. With that, onto my sixty-two. This is where we get our most recent, uh, most recent movie under our belt, the Batman. This is where I've got the Riddler. Mm. Um, he's never been a, a one of my. He's never been my favorite Batman villain. You know, like I've always, uh, always appreciated the stories he's involved in, and the Batman definitely elevated him. You know, but uh, even so. In that movie, I've mentioned how he's probably the weakest link for me uh, amongst everything else going on. And uh very fascinating part of the story and everything. Obviously, he's the driving force of the, the main storyline. But uh, mm. uh the character itself was just all right for me. Um Really interesting, really fascinating. But I, I wasn't like favoring him, obviously. Didn't didn't like him much. Mm. Um there's this uh, there's this portrayal of the Riddler in the Harley Quinn animated series that I really love. They kept him uh Harley Quinn like kidnapped him and kept him running the power in their uh, in their building by riding a bike like a stationary bike that powered the whole thing and he rode it for like months. There's like an ongoing joke in the second season that like he's absolutely fucking jacked because of how because of how much he worked out. Uh That's awesome. He's got um, these ripped fucking calves that they always come back to, which I think is hilarious. But yeah, Rid- Riddler is a he's, a, he's a good villain. He's funny. I love him in the Arkham games. Uh, mm. Jim Carrey and oh, uh, yeah. Batman Forever. Didn't realize classic. that the glasses um, are the same. Are, yeah. Um, that was when that was pointed out. I'm like, ah, oh, that's just awesome. You know, that's just fantastic. Amazing. But the Riddler, he's uh he's pretty high um, on my list. Uh, not in this episode, but a uh, very high in next episode. Um, not due to, to this, the new movie, but, but really his, uh, in the Arkham games and, uh, the TV show Gotham, um, it's, you get like, he goes from just Ed Nigma or Edward Nigma or whatever, like whatever, Edward Norton out. I, I don't know. Whatever. Nashton. Nashton. Sure. Um, he, you see him go from just a normal, like, um, forensic scientist to, uh, to slowly going insane and you see his like first murder and like what that does to him. And he's like, like, Oh my God. And he, like, you see the click of, of him like spinning these wild games and stuff like that. Um, and it's super cool, um, portrayal in, in Gotham and especially the Arkham games for me, uh, was super cool. I grinded those games to get all those Riddler trophies. So I oh, like all the, the trophies, the, uh, like the voice lines in the Arkham games are so cool. Like, uh, how it like cuts in and out and like repeats and like reverberates and stuff like that, which is, ah, uh, but yeah, I love the Riddler and the concept of it. So he's, he's pretty high up on mine, but. All right. Yeah. yeah, That's my 62. My uh, 61 staying with Batman, sticking with DC. This is where I have James Gordon. Um, And this new movie really elevated James Gordon, but he was already going to make my list no matter what for the Arkham games and uh, Christian Bale trilogy. Um, with, uh, Gary Gary Oldman. Oldman. Yeah. Gary Oldman. He, uh, he was super amazing, um, as James Gordon. Um, but I don't know this new portrayal 
was super cool. They nailed the partnership between Batman and James Gordon here, in mm. my opinion, that like the Arkham games really, really did Been well. Two years. And, I don't even know who you are, man. Yeah, um, because you punched me in the face. Um, you they, punch they, you in the face. Hey, man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, listen up. <laughs> the little push on the chest. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, man, you could have at least pulled that punch. I did. Mm, God. Yeah, they, they were amazing. Um, and oh, this amazing. guy is hilarious. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't can't wait for, for some more uh, James Gordon in, in these, these future uh, apparently movies. Apparently, one of the spinoffs speculated from this is centered around Jeffrey Wright's Ooh. Jim Gordon. Yeah, any uh, any Jeffrey Wright I can get. Um, dude, oh, dude, I fucking love him. His voice is just amazing. Follow um, me. Yeah, I, I could listen imagine. to him talk forever. What? Um, Mm. But no, yeah, Jim Gordon will be popping up a little bit later on the list for me. Just still in this episode too, but just a, just a little bit higher up. Um, but yeah, yeah, good, good shit, good shit. Um, my sixty-one is where I've got Rocket, Raccoon. Mm. Um, fucks with Rocket, you know, and I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but it's just really interesting once I started sprawling all these characters out, like even characters that I thought like, oh yeah, I love Rocket. He's fallen fall into the 60s. Like, that's that's crazy. There's as, there's a lot of characters I really, really like. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. uh, I do love the, tra- like, this, this sort of tragic side of Rocket Raccoon where, like, uh, whenever they first get introduced in the prison, they're getting, like, hosed down. And, he's, and Peter looks over and sees the cybernetic enhancements in his back and stuff that have him walking mm. upright and everything. And it's it's there's a real sadness to rocket raccoon and you know james gunn excels at this uh this tragic tragedy ridden backstory uh fun hero sort of thing mm. um as a rocket thing for definitely in line prosthetics um any, yeah. anything you get his hand on or hands on um i just every time i just think of rocket with the winter soldier arm and like i've um, I'll get always, that arm. Like, if he would wear it, you know, it'd be like just hilarious if he just hops <laughs> around on it, you know, like in Rick and Morty when Morty has like the oh yeah, on, like, he's the got Mad a Max giant planet. arm. Yeah, um, if they like that sort of thing, which would be which would be sick. Um, I just see like Rocket, um, getting all these things. He gets like the Winter Soldier arm. He gets Thor's eye. You know, he just has all of these like things that connect um and like yeah, keep I... things together um which is um which is just cool but uh, yeah rocket rocket's uh higher up on mine won't be in this episode but in next but uh but yeah it's good uh yeah. good pick yeah tr- truly probably another character that isn't really above everyone he is above um but just i, mean, I like, love the that, Guardian that one so i get more than that, Groot to yeah. be sure um like there, there is a real emotional resonance, especially like I think Guardians did really well, but there's just so much, so many more emotional moments for me in Volume Two that just uh, hit so much harder uh, than than Volume One does, and uh, Rocket gets Rocket gets a few of those in Volume Two. You know, uh, mm. they mm. came, they mm. really came mm. after he stole batteries he didn't need and. <laughs> was a dick all the time. <laughs> uh, he's always, he's just uh, a softy, you know, I- inside, but but has to keep the 
the hard portrayal on the outside. Of course, of course. Um, but ah, yeah, love me some rocket. But uh, the raccoon. Moving on, my sixty. This is where Yelena is for me. Um, ah, cool, so cool. so another one. Yeah, just super close. Um, and her popping up in Hawkeye was super cool. Um, and uh, I don't know her in Black Widow. Obviously, um, is amazing, and just can't wait for for any more uh, Yelena moments that we're gonna get because she's yeah Val did like come up to her or no yeah yeah no yeah, yeah she did so like that Val's the one um, who approaches her about taking out Clint Barton. Mm-hmm. But we find out in Hawkeye that the person who wanted Yelena Belova to be hired was Eleanor, and Eleanor only did it because Kingpin wanted it. Therefore, Kingpin is connected to Eleanor, who knows Val, who Val and Val got Yelena Belova to do the job, which is like, okay, so Kingpin and Val are connected in some way, which is cool. Mm. Um, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah, because like I remember, like whenever they were like. Yelena texts Kate and is like, this is who hired me. I'm like, I remember Val coming and getting you at the end of Black Widow saying, don't you want the guy who killed killed your sister? Um, so mm-hmm. just a real real interesting connection there that I'm, I, I'm excited for them to explore. Maybe it is through Eleanor that Eleanor knows Val and it's not Kingpin. Like, uh, hmm. Which I think might make more sense. Because Kingpin wanted to be removed from it, which is why he gave Eleanor the job to Earth. How would Eleanor know of Yelena, though? Like, I guess she's super security, you know, like high up security. Like, I guess maybe she knows of... uh... Or maybe Eleanor knows Val, and Val was the one who could Mm. make that connection for her. Like, Kingpin was like, I need someone to be dealt with. I could see Val using... Um, her security tech, like for whatever okay. Val needs, and maybe that's yeah. the connection there. That that, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, there, there's something there though. Like there is a connection. Mm. We just don't know mm. what it is yet. Um. Uh. But yeah. Uh. With mm. that, that's my. Uh, that's my. Uh, what shit? What was that? Oh wait, that was your. That 60. was my sixty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I thought it might be mine because my sixty is Kate Bishop. Mm. Um, Kate Bishop. So st- staying in the same realm here mm-hmm. with uh, with these two with these two characters, um, they are such a great duo, Yelena and Kate Bishop. You know, to seeing their them on screen together, Kate smacking the shit out of Yelena, thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I really look forward to any Kate Bishop we're gonna get here on out. She's she's my she's my new Hawkeye. You know, she's here, fucking over thirty spots above Clint Barton already she's got one series under her belt um she's fucking awesome and uh i really 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 loved watching her on screen in hawkeye i look forward to anything we can get with her going forward um charming is all hell you know she's mm. she's she's lovable as shit and i think uh her apartment i think she's a so good cool. she's a good foil to yelena you know yelena's a really funny character but she's she takes herself a little bit more seriously than Kate takes herself, so it's like a it's a good little uh, mm. it's a good duo there. Yeah, they're uh, like whenever they were fighting, going back and forth, and they had their like little moments in between. They were like, "That was really cool. That was well, that was good. That was a good hit. Good, you, you good hit, move. You hit hard. <laughs> um, like that was oh, just a cool move. Yeah, their their dynamic was was super cool and and awesome. And uh, 
she, I, I guess Kate was uh, my, mm, where is she? She was my 95. Um, mm. But that's, I, I really base mine off of like how much we've gotten of the character and like time, yeah. time wise and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think she's definitely going to climb in the future because I, I hope she's going to be a pivotal, pivotal role and become one of the new Avengers, whatever, young Avengers, whatever uh, they become to be and this new yeah. group moving forward. So, uh, oh yeah, I'm re- I'm ready for any more Kate Bishop for sure. I look forward to it. I look forward to it indeed. But yeah, Kate Bishop at my 60. Uh, 59 for me, uh, is Odin. Uh, this is where I have Odin and, uh, can't, can't tell me otherwise that this is the man that has had every infinity stone, uh, before Thanos did, uh, this, this dude's been on it. Odin, um, whether he had them all at the same time, maybe not, but uh, he's had every single one of them in possession um, at, at one least point at time. some point in time. And that gauntlet down there, I know it's like the like fake, yeah. Um, but the fact is, the mold is there. You know, why would the mold be there? You know, that that well, mold... the thing for me that was so fascinating about that choice, Thor Ragnarok came out before infinity war well so is it like did they say that it was a mistake or something like that like that they should like because i feel like there is some confusion with that post-credit scene because or people think that thanos was the first to make the gauntlet in the mold but like i think it's way cooler if that mold has just always been there you know and Odin had a gauntlet for himself and maybe he tried to go for it, whether he got all the stones or not. Maybe but so. Like, I guess maybe the mistake then would be the size. Yeah, that's the only thing that doesn't make sense is that unless someone else was wearing it other than Odin, but who would wear that other than Odin? And who's that big? Yeah, I, my thing is like, yeah, uh, like they, they also address it in, in, in Infinity War where Eitri crafted the gauntlet for Thanos. The giant dwarf. Does that mean he like? Did he create the mold, or did he? Just yeah. Did he just go make him a new one? Because he Stormbreaker, he he created that for for Thor, but that but that mold has always that been there. And like, I, I, I that's how that's how I think of 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 that. That's probably fair. That's but probably I, fair. Ooh, I, I think like maybe the big gauntlet could make sense if it was like the ice giant going uh, for the gauntlet, and Thor stopped that from happening and just had the empty gauntlet. Um, you know, to keep there or something like that. Like, cause I mean, there were enemies, you know, there, um, and who, like, I don't know that, I, I don't know. I could see, uh, there's a lot of stuff they could do with Odin. Um, he's, oh, he's, plenty. he's plenty connected. Um, so, but yeah, I, uh, love, uh, another Westworld connection there. Um, oh yeah. Sir so, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, he's there. so wise, man. All these, Legendary. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. Odin for my 59. Love that, love that. My fifty nine, back in the DC realm, this is where I got Aquaman. Hmm. Um, love me some Jason Momoa. We already went over Aquaman pretty much in my entirety for what I appreciate about the character when we we talked about him a little bit ago. For you, love the costume design hmm. that Aquaman costume he rocks in that movie when he becomes full fledged Aquaman uh, is fucking brilliant. Um, it looks awesome. Um. Mm. And there's an animated Aquaman series on HBO Max now that I'm kind of digging. It's cute. It's funny. Um, 
But that's more in the vision of the old version of Aquaman, the blonde guy. That's more like regal and uh, less uh, dude bro. Mm. Um, they they did desperately need to revamp the character, and Jason Momoa was the perfect route to go. Yeah, that like kind of killmonger, like little pips, what out of little bumps, you know, like on his suit. Mm. Uh, yes, that like yeah. make him like yeah, that suit is like. So cool. that's hard as fuck. Um, oh. and his dad being uh, Tem, his dad being Boba, it's fucking legendary. Mm. <laughs> Damn, what man, all these cool connections, man. His tattoos, too. Um, yeah, that's pretty dope. Are, are so cool. Yeah, I'm looking just at pictures of him right now. He just looks badass in every single one of them. <laughs> really interestingly enough, I when I rewatched Aquaman recently, uh, they they actually like he speaks Maori in it, like uh, Tamara Morrison's native really native tongue. Yeah, hmm. wow, man, that... I don't know. That's just Tim is just so oh, cool. Tim's so cool. Tim. I love Tim. <laughs> and the Obi Wan. Give me trailer? all the Tamara Morrison. I want I want Tamara Morrison to be old man Logan. Mm. Oh yeah, in the MCU, mm. and like make mm. Laura Kenny Wolverine. But was, make Tim was that, old man. Was that Tim's head in the Obi Wan trailer? Oh yeah, you know it yeah. had like tech on the back of the head. You know, like could it, like did you see that? Have you seen that? I did not. I did like not see it. That. Like there's some enhancement, some mod, something that looks Ooh. yeah, and like could be Echo. Um, it he like does. a live version, like but it. I don't know. It, it could. That's that's what I'm thinking. Like I looked at like I went on YouTube like on my computer like in blasted the quality and like went frame by frame and everything and like when you're looking at the back of his head it's like does look like tim's head and there's like some cybernetic something back there okay so, okay no 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 but uh, yeah that's why odin is my 59 that's why aquaman was my oh sorry 59. sorry sorry yeah never mind yeah well there, there was a connection <laughs> to be had there there wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't nothing it wasn't it wasn't that thin um yeah um Another close, kind of close guy that we that we had. Uh, my fifty eight is Wong, so uh, where Wong lies for me, and uh, I think it just uh, like him becoming the the temporary source of supreme, um, and all of his just funny moments, uh, like him him in the library where you know he's Doctor Strange stealing all the books behind him and stuff, you know, and like all it, they're they're cute moments that they have together. Like th- their dynamic is super cool, and uh, I can't wait to see. Uh, I don't know what it is in in Multiverse of Madness, but seems that Wong is gonna like be against Strange in this, and they're not really gonna be buddies. I don't know, at least from the trailer. Like it, uh, seems or, like they they've got something of an opposition in some yeah. some realm, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, love uh, love me, love me some Wong, uh, Doctor Strange again. Um, like one of the strongest solo movies um in Marvel, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know. Every time I rewatch it, I just Doctor Strange and Wong, I I love them more and more and more. Um, mm. More to like all I don't know. All these characters are uh, just so. Oh, that's damn. That's another one. I just realized uh, that that could have made the list, but it's all right. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be okay. Wong at fifty eight for me. All right, all right. With that, onto my fifty eight. This is where I have uh, the Bat's father figure. Mm. It's where I've got Alfred Pennyworth. Mm. 
Um, I love, I love me some Alfred, you know, and I considered having him higher up. Um, but you know, we're talking comic book characters. And at a certain point I'm like, I like the guys who are powerful or boom, mm. pat, pow, you know, like I, and I, I don't know, maybe he, he does belong higher on this list. And this one, this one more than the star Wars one is like subject to change depending on what the fuck I've been watching lately. Mm. Like, uh, but you know, Alfred Pennyworth's been in a lot of content I've been watching lately and here he is at 58. So who knows? I mean, he's um, a, he was an MI6 agent. That dude, like he—he's badass. Like he's not oh, just—he's—he's yeah, he's with it. He's a, there's a reason he was Thomas Wayne's butler. Like he was chosen for how badass he was. He saved Thomas Wayne's life. I'm pretty like, pretty sure. Um, I'm gonna tell you, we need to get on that that Pennyworth series that's on HBO mm, Max ooh. now, because it's him in his younger days as an MI6 agent. Ooh. Like. It could be really fucking cool. I re- I really need to get into that. But uh, I you know I loved Andy Serkis in the most recent interpretation of Alfred uh in in the Batman. Uh, he did a really good job. I would have liked more of him there. But you know it doesn't get much better for me than Michael Caine. Mm. That's uh that's my Alfred. Uh, it, it, I think it kind of always will be. That's uh why do we fold out mm. to get up? I love I love that shit. That's this fantasy. I play over in my head. I'm getting my drinking my cup of tea. And I look across the, the the way, and I see I you sitting there. Yeah, no, we don't say anything. We just know. Or oh, just like yeah, the I just know, and I leave, and that's how it ends. And you're like, fuck, yes, <laughs> and like, and you know, Christian Bale, Christian Bale's Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Selena Kyle go there. So that can happen. And it's like, oh my God. Oh, that makes me so happy. And whenever um Bruce comes back to the mansion, he's like all pissed off and like Alfred's like crying at him. He's like they have like that moment where like on the stairs in Wayne Manor, um, where like oh, what was happening? What was the con I think it was uh Dark Knight Rises or Batman Begins. What which one it it's not in Dark Knight. Um, but they have this moment where they're like arguing on the steps at nighttime in Wayne, like in the mansion. Um, and, oh, I can't remember the context. I think but it's it was rises because so... they they have a big falling out and rises. Yeah, it's it's their that fallout moment um, that they have. Like, and I remember like out like when Alfred like, starts to cry. Yeah, well, like when Alfred starts to cry there, like it's it like oh it, like every time it's just like oh like um. Like gets me gets me to tears, but the most recent Alfred moment that got me to, to freaking tears. First time I saw it, I ugly cried, man, in the theater. It like the hand extension. Oh um, man, I cried my ass holy off. Holy shit, man! Like all I like the only other cry moment in the movie that was like as silent as this one wasn't a silent cry. This one I heard like sniffles and like like during it like you heard other people cry during this moment, but then the silent cry was whenever he like cut the power line. Like that was the, that was like the two noticeable, like silent ish cry moments um, in the movie. And yeah, Alfred, uh, he was my 78 and that was before um, this movie. Um, I'd say he probably, you know, deserves a little bit higher up um, especially after that performance. Um, in there and can't wait to to get more 
Um, so no, yeah. I, I, my last, my last moment, my fi- one of my favorite Alfred moments. It's a, it's a little moment in the dark night. Um, Rachel gives him that letter. Oh, where she chose, where she chose Harvey over, over Bruce. And he's like, uh, how will I know when it's the right time to give it to him? And she's like, it's open. Like, mm. it's not sealed. Like you can, and I love that she too. She trusts Alfred like, that. She's like, like, you're Alfred. You're cool, man. Like you can read my letter. Mm. I, it's all right. Uh, he's going to tell you what's in it anyway, if you show him. So, um, but the moment where he's sitting there after she's died, Bruce Wayne, He's sitting there in his full Batman costume without the cowl and the cape. And he's just like, she was going to choose me. Harvey can never know. And Alfred had already had the letter on the, on the breakfast platter for him. And he went ahead and just grabbed it right up. And he was like, what was that? He was like, Oh, it can wait. Hmm. Uh, Love that. Just the, just the looking out for looking out for Bruce in this moment. He doesn't need to know that, you know, he doesn't need to avoid him. Like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, yeah, that, Alfred, uh, whether Bruce wants to admit it, like that, that's his father. Like that, like yeah. his like true, like who's made him who he is. Like, uh, I don't know, Tom, like Thomas Wayne has made Bruce Wayne who he is. Like, it be- like yeah. because of his legacy and stuff, but like Alfred really molds him into who he becomes. So I, I was watching the Lego Batman movie yesterday. When was the most recent time you watched the Lego Batman movie? <laughs> it's been a while. Yo, um, I'm going to tell you, go ahead and rewatch it. It's one of the best Batman movies there is. <laughs> uh, like, uh, and Alfred in that, you know, Will Arnett's Batman snaps at him like, uh, what do you know about having a surrogate son? And he like, he like takes a step back and like drops his jaw like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I am literally your, I'm basically your dad. Like, uh. I, I I always I loved I I love Alfred and, and Bruce Wayne's relationship and uh, I hate when it strains I hate when it doesn't feel comfy I hate when it's like ah mm. man they're they're at odds that's a rough one but you know when they're when they're warm with each other it's as happy as it gets I think uh, there's a moment in, like Batman and Robin where George Clooney and that Alfred hug with Robin and Batgirl and they all embrace and it's like this is this is just this is just heartwarming. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I've got Alfred Pennyworth here at fifty eight. Yeah, I'm uh currently getting the the Lego Batman movie pulled up so I can watch it right after this because that's a really good idea. Um, sounded sounded good to me. Uh, so I got got that. I just gave that up. viewing yesterday. Um, mm. <laughs> so oh yeah, but Alfred, that's a uh, definitely yeah maybe in the future going to climb uh for me uh, or, or definitely uh probably already higher than my he was my 78 um so definitely definitely higher um for me but mm, good pick uh that was your 58 58 so my 57 this is where i have uh mobius um Uh, from from loki um i don't know just kind of like a, a a um a jimmy woo kind of character you know just yeah. like an instantly lovable uh like fan favorite um and, and we haven't you know wow we need that jet ski moment you know like that's what everyone's holding out for we just gotta see that, that man with the biggest smile on a jet ski you know he's he's gonna be so happy when he's on that jet ski you know and like i i hope what i really hope 
is that it's not him like riding off into the horizon to his death in a jet ski. Like I really want it to just be him like happy, just it, like living his life like he's out oh, of the yeah. loop or whatever. I can't you know? imagine like, that they're gonna have him ride off. I really the- like I, I hope it's not a sad or I guess like I hope it's not a sad moment whenever he's on the jet ski. I hope it's like just him in a normal life, like outside of the TVA, outside of everything, like just a normal life on a jet ski or he's like a jet ski salesman that like just yeah. takes him out for spins all the time or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't perfect know. combination of form and function, man. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. I, a character that I never expected, you know, to be so connected with, but like the relationship between him and Loki, um, is super strong. Um, and like they're, um, you know, whenever he's like, you know, you're my favorite, but actually, you know, talking to Sylvie, um, but Loki thinks it's him, you know, and like all, just all these little cute moments that they have. Uh, I don't know. I can't wait to see what happens to Mobius and uh, hope it comes of him. So, all right. oh, yeah. All right. That's a good one. I wow. wish I would have had him on here. I didn't. He didn't make my list. No. Uh, I loved Mobius. I loved Owen Wilson. It's just one that happened to slip through the cracks. I didn't uh, didn't think too hard in the in the Loki realm. I just uh, went with Loki later on in the list. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, on my fifty seven, I'm sticking in the uh, in the DC and the Batman. Uh, this is where I've got Carmine Falcone. Mm. Uh, I love me some Carmine Falcone. Uh, he's a really interesting character and beyond, I mean, the Batman's far and away his best on-screen portrayal with John Turturro. I mean, he hasn't, not much competition there, uh, in terms of on-screen portrayals of Carmine Falcone. There was like a brief Falcone and, uh, the Dark Knight and then Batman Begins, but like, uh, mm-hmm. other than that, like he didn't get a story in the Dark Knight trilogy. You got a story here. He, he his place in the batman was the emotional pivot point for bruce wayne and selena kyle's characters for my money uh and you know he's the center of the entire conspiracy that riddler's unraveling like it's uh he's the rat he's a rat rat yeah man dang rings a a stool pigeon like a stool pigeon has wings um But uh, in Gotham, in the Netflix series, he's played by John Doman or Domin. I don't know. Uh, um, don't know if you if you know him, but like his portrayal in there is also like super good. Um, they like he has a, a huge storyline in Gotham. And he's always like a, a pretty big part. Um, of ah, it. John Doman. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him in stuff. I don't know what yeah. I would have. Uh, the Boys probably saw him mm. in The Boys. Yeah, he's ah uh, he he plays plays Falcone really really well but I will say that still this new portrayal is is way better um oh it's super uh, strong and you know I after watching the Batman I've been on a huge Batman comics kick where I've just been tearing through like I went and signed signed up for the DC Universe infinite mm. fucking plan and I'm like all right yeah I'm gonna read all this now Uh, and I read the long Halloween and it's centered around the murders of people within the Falcone family um it's Carmine grappling with that and uh, fearing that, you know, he's he's coming up or who's who's dying next. Mm. Like, it's it's a really, really mm. fucking cool story. And I mean, I'll, I don't love a mob boss, obviously, but the mob boss characters are pretty cool. Uh, they can be they can be pretty fun. And uh, Carmine Falcone is no exception. So I got him there at 57. Mm. And moving on to my 56. This is where I have my Nightcrawler. 
Um, kind of, this is the start of uh, some of my X Men crew um, here. Um, only a couple, um, kind of the lower level X Men for me, um, but still, you know, obviously they're it's fifty six uh, night the start of them, so so really really well or really really good, and I'm you know very very new, uh, newish to to X Men just in general, um, but of what I remember of watching before as a child, like Nightcrawler just always was so cool to me. Like the concept of just a teleport, like someone who can just teleport and he, mm-hmm. how he like can grab people, you know, take them with them. And the fact that he's like going through this other dimension sort of thing. And like, yeah. that's why he can't go through walls and like, he has to see the clear path and like stuff. It's like, that's just so cool. Even though like, it doesn't make sense in a lot of the times where he just goes through like the, and a lot of times he goes ahead or, like, and does it anyway. Yeah, it's like, like we're going to ignore that it happened. Uh, like when he goes through a plane, you know, like in and out of a plane, is that really a wall? Is like, does he see the path there or is it just convenient to tell? Like he gets, he gets a window that's um, big enough for him to see out of. Maybe you're cool. Hmm, uh, uh, true. True. Um, <laughs> Just give him like X-ray vision, and is that like OP? Is that it? Is that like that fixes it, problems? Wraps at that point. Like, yeah, like um, <laughs> I don't know. Give him some X-ray goggles. It's over. Um, That's perfect. That's yeah, perfect. He's my fifty-six. It's perfect. And my fifty-six. I'm staying in the. Uh, if you're uh, looking for some more X-Men content, uh, head to Mutants Monthly Number Two, released at the end of September, where uh, we discuss something blue with hmm. Nightcrawler. And Mystique, this is my fifty-six. Um, mm. I love this. I love me some Mystique, and I love Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal in the uh, in the reprisal movies for the X Men. Definitely elevated that character to a level had never been before for me. Uh, the expansion on her in the comics has been really awesome. Just a really powerful character, you know. Mm. Uh, the idea the idea behind her her struggling with her her appearance and then uh, ultimately embracing it. Mm. completely you know she was the naked blue lady when i was little um she wasn't mystique or raven i didn't know her fucking name she was the (laughs) naked blue lady Mm -hmm. um and seeing how she gets to that point with magneto being like uh like no i I like i like the real you and she goes to jennifer lawrence and then she's like no the real you and it's and and in the mystique form and uh i really really i really love it i really love her character in those movies and uh She's just really strong. Hmm. So yeah, that's my that's my fifty six in Mystique. Hmm. Yeah, I have uh Mystique a little higher up on my list. She'll come in next episode. But uh I'm sticking with uh some more X Men here. My fifty five is Rogue. Um hmm. and I think uh whenever I think of Rogue, I really think of like the cure storyline, uh, which was really cool. Um I thought it was like a really interesting part of the movie. Um and uh, such a cool dynamic just in an X-Men lore, um, you know, just the conflict of mutants and, and them just feeling so out of place and this cure being like, Oh, I can finally just become, you know, normal forever. It makes a lot of sense for the character like rogue. Yeah. So like you can't touch, you can't kiss, you can't hug, you can't like, like, it's like, it's just not going to happen. Damn. Yeah. It's uh ah, but yeah, I, I love, uh, Rogue and and especially in uh the X Men animated series uh that I like I, I I haven't watched it all but the the chunk that I have watched uh yeah she's awesome uh the don't like I love the the accent you know in there oh, like the Southern uh, yeah, Belle like, oh my gosh I like that Rogue is so much better uh like I like uh, oh yeah than uh Demi Lovato 
I, I, I can only see Demi Lovato in the live action Rogue. Like, I, I, it's so funny. I cannot unsee it. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Rogue will be, uh, Rogue will be popping up on my list later. It's funny. I've got like a couple different cells mm. of X-Men. This is the, this is the first one. Uh, it's only a couple here. Uh, my 55 is Storm mm. to build on yours. So we got a few, few X-Men here right in a row with Nightcrawler, Mystique rogue and storm which i think is cool uh, hmm. and the only reason storm falls a little bit is that uh i don't think she's had uh, a story play out on screen as compelling as could possibly be uh she's always just kind of there to be the cool weather goddess i don't think she's gotten a lot of expansion beyond that in mm-hmm. in the movies she's just always kind of a kind of there uh, I, I i really look forward to the adaptations when we finally get to dig deeper into her character. I love her in the animated series, such a strong and powerful presence. Mm. Uh, I love her in the, in the comic books, you know, X-Men is one of probably my most read comic book sell, you know, like uh, across all of Marvel, all of DC. I probably read more X-Men than I've read anything. And uh storm's one of my fucking favorites. Mm. You know, I think she's a, uh, she's an absolute badass, And, uh, I love whenever she's married to T'Challa in, in lore and that's is the queen so of Wakanda. Cool. I think that's a really awesome, awesome story there. That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, Aurora hmm. Storm. That's my, uh, that's mine. Um, that was your 55? Yes. Because mm, my 54 is Storm. <laughs> um, nice. Just, yeah, continuing on the, the X-Men trail, uh, which is just, is awesome. Um, so not, not a perfect lineup, but you know, pretty, I mean, that's, as, that's probably off. as close as we'll that's, get. Uh, this yeah, one. that's, that, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, especially doing in... this list, it's even crazier that we had two line up in the star Wars. Mm. Like that's insane shit. That, um, and it was like, Oh, what's his name? Uh, cheer it. One with the four. Yeah. That's insane that, that it was him too. Um, I'm one like with the force and the force is with me. But, uh, I don't know that that's kind of storm lining up here. I mean, one away that, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's still still pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything you said, like her animated series, like the chunk that I, that I've seen has, uh, has been really awesome to see her in there. And, uh, and just her look, her costume design, her just, uh, just everything about her, like, uh, is so cool. So, uh, but yeah, you, you covered storm pretty, pretty well. Uh, so right. but yeah my, cool. my 54 cool. my 54 this is where i've got james gordon it's where i've got jim gordon mm. uh loved uh loved jeffrey wright's jim gordon he became my favorite pretty quickly favorite jim gordon pretty quickly but not to take away from gary oldman's jim gordon because that's mm. I'd, I'd say so far the most consistently well adapted character you know what i'm saying across batman uh He's, 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 they knock him out of the park with Gary Oldman and Jeffrey Wright here. Uh, and you, you touched on him pretty well earlier. I don't have much to expand upon with it. Uh, I do love his partnership with Batman and they did bring it to life really well in the Batman with Pattinson and, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, I much else on- one moment that I didn't talk about was, you know, whenever he faked his death came back and then got Joker yeah. and he's, we got you now, you son of a bitch. Uh, when he's yeah. pointing the gun in his face and, and, uh, ah, oh, 
Just uh, he goes home to his wife and she smacks him in the face and hugs him. Mm. He's like, I had to keep you safe. I couldn't. Uh... Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, Jim Gordon's a real one, man. And, oh uh... my god! And the whenever he realizes that it's Bruce, he's like, uh, oh. "You gave a kid, you know, um, a, a coat, you know, like you gave yeah. a kid the you wrapped, the you wrapped a coat around yeah. a kid and told him everything would be okay." Yeah, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it took you that long to figure it out, though. Come on, you like been talking with like I guess I don't know. Kind of mentioned like it's been two years. I still don't know who you are. I don't know. I guess it isn't so obvious that it's Bruce Wayne. You know, we just know it's like second. It's just knowledge that we're born well, and with. You know, That's like, like there's something to the idea that like, especially in this, in the Batman, Bruce Wayne is clearly a recluse. Mm. He's not been outside in two years, according to. Does that make it more obvious? I think not. not mm. I think it makes it. Like, I mean, like, if you, like, really, really sit down and go, all right, who the fuck do we think it is? And you're just brainstorming all the possible options. Maybe it comes up. But, like, if someone stays out of the public light enough, they're not going to get thought about. Mm. You know, like, uh... I mean, his story makes sense. His parents are dead, and he's depressed and living in his mansion with his billions of dollars. Okay. Yeah, there are there are rich recluses. That happens a lot. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Um, but hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you're a damn good cop, Jim Gordon. Mm. Man, yeah, I love uh, man, and the Arkham games. He's just strong everywhere. Everywhere his character mm. pops up, it's just oh, perfect. <laughs> I brought it to the Harley Quinn animated series a little bit ago for Riddler, but Jim Gordon in that show is fucking hilarious mm. because he's like a, they take every character's like biggest attributes and amplify them like 50 times. Uh, so he's like a real sad, pathetic guy mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> who like can't please his wife and is like <laughs> super unhappy at home. Um, Damn. <laughs> like he's super lonely. And like he like he wants Batman to be his best friend, but Batman won't reciprocate. Uh, but privately, Batman has him as like his screensaver at home, like a picture with him and Jim Gordon. Uh, it's super fucking funny. Like that might be the funniest, purely funniest DC content with the actually best good jokes. Mm. Um, yeah, I recently just Harley watched uh, a Killing Joke. Um, Ooh, yeah. and and him in there, he's he's pathetic too. You know, he like. Go well. I don't know. He kind of just went through a traumatic experience. He saw his daughter get shot and then raped. Um, yeah, and then was taken by the Joker and like put through all the you know insane insanity roller coaster. Dark and, and like yeah, Joe, damn. For sure. uh, so Jim Gordon went through, it, but still at the end was like got to be by the book. It would by the book, Batman. Don't do anything stupid in there. You know he still had his still held true. Um, to his principles. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. All right. Good good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I got Jim Gordon. Hmm. Fifty four. Uh my fifty three. This is uh I think the start of the Guardians crew for me, I think. Um and this is where Star Lord is, uh where Peter Quill is. Um so the the bottom of my Guardians crew. Um you know, you know, he kind of touched on it, Chris Pratt. You know, it's just Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt um, at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, the, he does have some serious moments or whatever, but um, it's really for the for the comedy and uh, that he's there. Um, 
it, 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 he is one of the most fascinating conundrums though, because like, it's not an incredibly well acted role. Like it's, he does, like he does good enough, you know, like as, as a lot of Marvel actors do, like, it's like, if your performance isn't taking me out and making me go, wow, this is bad, then you're doing fine. You know, like you're mm-hmm. doing good enough. And, uh, he, uh, he's got one of the most well-written characters in the MCU that is one of the easily least likable for mm. me, uh, which is just really interesting. And I don't, I don't know what my, what my beef is, but I, there's just something about him where I'm like, I don't know. I just don't completely like you. Mm. Half planet, half human. Half of me yeah, that's stupid. Planet. Yeah. That's all of you. Um, like, yeah, like I don't know. He, he so cool potentially, you know, like, uh, I don't know. But I love the guardians movies, you know, and he's, he is part of it. He's he's the the central role, so you know there is something to it. You know, he's it's not all bad. You know, he's not terrible. Um, but I don't know. Just compared to the rest of the Guardians crew, he's he's just kind of a side character, even though he's the leader. Um, in air quotes. Um, yeah, the- yeah. He's a just a real interesting character, and he has been exceptionally well written. Um, I've loved his arc over the course of these first couple movies. And I'm curious if uh, if they really want to get out there with the stakes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Do we see the end mm. of Peter Quill potentially? It's been said that a a pretty major a major character will die in and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So like, who knows? Thor. Ooh, that'd be ah uh, no Thor Lord, Love and Thunder though. Um, that comes before Volume Three though. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Love and Thunder comes out this year. Oh sh- oh shit. Man. We're getting we're getting moving now with some of these Mar- Marvel movies coming out here. Mm. Oh hell yeah. But uh mm, yeah. Peter Quill. Hopefully uh Good choice. Hopefully gets stronger in his future roles. But Good choice. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh my fifty three is where I've got the flash. Mm. Um, I've never been big on the speedsters and I've never been big on flash, but you know, I really did like the flash CW series for a few of those seasons. Um, it gets kind of out there. They rain it back in. They, it gets out there again. They rain it back in. It's like, Mm. it's a real up and down experience with those CW shows. Some stuff's really good. Some stuff's really bad. Um, but Grant Gustin as the flash has been one of my favorite on screen live action portrayals of that superhero. Um, Ezra Miller and, uh, and Zack Snyder's Justice League did pretty sm- did pretty solid. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, but you know, it's back to that Justice League cartoon when I was little. That's the defining version of Flash for me. Mm. Um, I love the run. The, uh, oh yeah. The slow motion run. Uh, I, I guess I remember someone saying like there is some sense behind it. Like it, it's not, you know, just, um, I don't know. There's some scientific explanation behind why he's actually like doing that or something like that. Um, but he like swings his arms. Mm, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. The flash, uh, I think, let's see where I don't think. Yeah. I think I, this is the one that I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. This was like the one, I think I even mentioned it last episode that I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even put the flash on here. Um, yeah. but he should definitely be on here. Um, I don't know why he's not. 
Um, but like I didn't really watch the uh, like the new Flash show. I just watched watched Arrow until the Flash came into it, and I was all confused. And then I stopped watching both. Um, or like stopped yeah. watching everything. So like that's kind of how my experience yeah. went uh, with that. Um, so I, I tried kinda... really hard with the CW ones, man. It's mm. just you get to a point in those shows where you go. Like, the crossover episodes worked if you were watching them week to week. Mm, yeah. But they are a nightmare to deal with if you do not know which comes first, which comes next. Like, it's, it's a, it, it can be an annoyance to be sure. Mm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the flash. That's my, uh, that's my mm. 53. Uh, my 52. Um, this is where I have my Yondu. Uh, felt right to put Peter Quill. Uh, and Yandu together. Um, so, uh, that's just, I think mainly, I, I think I placed Yandu here first and then was like, okay, this, this is where, uh, Star Lord can go, um, mm. down here. It, it kind of felt right for him too, uh, for me. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we, we covered Yandu, uh, pretty well, uh, whenever, whenever you talked about him, uh, whenever he was up, up for you. Uh, but yeah, that, that funeral, um, like just one of the strongest moments, like in the MCU, like one of the, for me, and uh, just that his character design is just so cool. Um, and uh, oh, an all time badass. And and what if just the just the voice is so like iconic to him. Like, I, it's it's gonna be weird, like hearing Yondu in any other voice. Like if uh, I don't know, like if in the, the future, it, yeah. So, uh, but uh, ah, love me some Yondu. Um, definitely a, a highlight in, in the Guardians movies. Um, love that. So. Love that. My 52. My 52. This is where I have, uh, Owatu, the Watcher. Mm. Uh, I do fuck with the Watcher. You know, I liked, I liked What If a lot. And, uh, he, uh, the way he ultimately can't hold himself back, he has to intervene. Uh, mm. It's a, it's a really, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting story he's got there. And again, Jeffrey Wright, fucking love this guy. He'll pop up as much as we, uh, as much as we possibly can get him in here. But, uh, if I could put Bernard somewhere on here, I would. Um, I love Jeffrey Wright, uh, his voice acting ability, the, the gravitas he brings to the role of the watcher. Oh, you know, it's, uh, it just doesn't make sense to have like, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of anyone else who could voice that role, and it's like, yeah, Morgan Freeman, him. I really wouldn't want anyone else, like, I, like a, for a voice for that role. Like, he just fits it so well. And uh, it's crazy because, like, if there was anyone else that I'd be like, okay, he already has a role in the MCU. Odin, Anthony Hopkins. Mm. I think that'd be dope. But <laughs> like, world, uh, man. Jeez. Yeah, they got the voices over there. Yes, the wise, smart, ah. Um, Come with me and ponder the question. What if? But yeah, that's say, my 52. Did I already say Watu, or is he? No, okay, yeah, he's, he's, uh. I was going to say, he's probably a lot higher on your list. Yes, I figured. I was like, I don't think I've said him. I hope I haven't said him, because. Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, not in this episode, not in next episode. Um, baller. So, Love that. Oh yeah. Love me some Owatu. Um, this yeah. is it. Is it not? Around um, 51? 51. This is it. And, uh, it is a Batman 
uh, character and go in DC. And this is where Poison Ivy is for me. Mm. Um, and the Gotham games, especially her character design in there is like so good. And her like boss battle is sick. Um, and in Gotham, the TV show um, as young Poison Ivy uh, is like a really cool um, play on her. Um, and mainly, um, I kind of go on a, a DC, uh, run here in a little bit, but it'll start next episode. Um, but, uh, I don't know, kind of the, these, these group of people, um, are, are mainly for their, uh, like their design, um, and like their look and just like their iconicism, um, in Batman, um, mm. rather than like their storylines necessarily. But, uh, not to say Poison Ivy's storyline isn't good. Um, uh, she needs to be modernized a little bit, yeah. you know, uh, and there have been there have been places where she has been. And it's been really it's been real cool. It's been real cool to see. Like, I love her in the Harley Quinn animated series, uh, as I brought it back to a couple times. Uh, but, yeah, this is one that will not be appearing for me next week. Mm. Uh, but the week after mm. uh, I have I got Poison Ivy pretty high on my list. I love, love me some Poison Ivy. It's a great place to end this episode, though. Poison Ivy. Mm. It's a. Let's go on to top it off for you. Uh, I'm going to stick with the NDC for my 51. And I'll top off this episode with John Constantine. Uh, mm. One of the, you know, we got Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch and Agatha Harkness on the, on the Marvel side of things. I don't hear enough about John Constantine on the, on the DC side of things. That's, that's, that's my warlock. You know, that's, that's that witch right there. Uh, I love that man. And uh, him him being played by Matt Ryan and DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and all this is really what inspired a love for Constantine. But uh, then I went back and watched Constantine with Keanu Reeves, uh, one of the one of the few comic book roles that he has reprised. So yeah. obviously I'm going to have a love for him. Uh, I've, I've read some Constantine and it, he's just got these really cool horror tones, um, deals with hell a lot, like beasts of hell and demons mm. and shit like that. Um, cast satanic rituals if to return people to hell and stuff like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> a very interesting character. I, I can't recommend enough. Like, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow is a really fun way to get familiar with a lot of underrated DC characters. Um, hmm. it's they, definitely not one that I'm like, oh, critically, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen, but it's undeniably fun. Like, it's hmm. undeniably fun. Yeah, I haven't, uh, um, I haven't really heard about him at all since, like, until right now, until you've, like, explained uh, his character, so. Constantine, man. It's 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 definitely one that has grown on me a lot. Uh, I, I, I mean, and not necessarily grown on me. Like, I, I watched him, and I think the first time I saw him was in Arrow. Mm. And I was like, oh, that character's dope. Then I watched Legends of Tomorrow, and I'm like, okay, I really fucking love this guy. Um. And going back and reading his comics has only enhanced him even more. So that's uh, that's where I top off this part two of uh, Top 100 mm. with our 75 through 51. A lengthy one. Oh, yes, indeed. Only the top 50 remain. This... And I can only imagine how long those will be. It's just like so every character has their moment, you know? And, like, you got, like, um, just oh, so We spent some much. time early on. Uh, and we kind of do that with these episodes where we, we spend like an hour on like the first five to 10 characters and then have to, have to really ramp it up. Mm. Um, 
in speed, but uh, because <laughs> yeah, the, the eternal we'll, we'll talking about the Eternals we'll, and my love we just for the talked Eternals. all yeah, was... about the Eternals and the lore and everything that goes into it, and what could come of it in the MCU, and just <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets uh, it gets a lot, it gets to be a lot, but uh, this one was a good one, and I look forward to uh, you know, getting in the getting in part three and four with our top fifties. Um, oh, that'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Very much so. Looking forward to that. Um, but with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. If you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find over 24 hours of exclusive content, uh, along with some artwork that I put up over there. All that money goes back into making sure I can make the podcast happen. It costs money. And I don't get paid for it. So uh, the Patreon's huge. Um, if you would, head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod. Follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Leave a five-star rate and review to help us grow. Share with a friend. And uh, remember, peace, love, and bloom. Go ahead and rewatch Eternals. <laughs>